Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. The field is in the back straightaway, moving up into the number three corner, and they will go green this time around. On the front row, Jeff Bodine and Buddy Baker. Row number two, Bill Elliott and Bobby Allison. And many feel that the race here this afternoon, Mike, will be the best one probably ever run at Atlanta. All 40 drivers qualified at over 160 miles an hour. Everything points to that, Barney. GM cars evenly split among the front rows with the Fords, and the feeling in the garage area, this may be a Ford racetrack. We'll watch for them to be strong today. Pace car comes off the banking in a hurry, gets down on pit road as the field comes out of the number four turn at about 80 miles an hour. They come down to the line. Harold Kinder takes his hand, waves them to hold it down to a good clean start. We've got it. Green flag, and the Coca-Cola 500 is underway. Heading into the number one corner, Bodine gets away from the field. Jeff Bodine makes a quick jump, about four car lengths, but back there in the number two spot, three cars wide. Bill Elliott down at the bottom of the track. He's sandwiching in Buddy Baker. Up on the high side is Bobby Allison. Allison now tucks in behind Baker. Elliott is second. A couple of hungry chargers going to the front as Bodine, the pole sitter, grabs the advantage. Elliott coming up the outside line. Strong charge up the low side by Neil Bonnet, who's side by side with Buddy Baker for third spot. Down low, it's Joe Rutman for fifth. Bodine really come off the corner that time. He leads the field back across his first lap by almost a full second. Elliott rides second. In the number three position is Neil Bonnet. Single file there back in turn one. Bodine and the Gatorade Buick splits the turns up here in turn number two. About a five-car length lead over Bill Elliott. Neil Bonnet now starting to track down Elliott. Only a car length separates those two. Richard Petty has come from 11th starting spot as Bodine kisses the wall just barely in the middle of the backstretch. He looks strong as he dives in. Petty has moved up to fifth spot and is, is looking for the front as they come off turn four. Bodine has about 20 car Lakes on Bill Elliott, Neil Bonnet riding along to the third spot as they come out of turn number four. Fourth is Baker, fifth is Petty, sixth is Joe Rutman, seventh to Dale Earnhardt, eighth spot is Bobby Allison, A.J. Foyt is ninth, and Waltrip is tenth. You have Jeff Bodine all out front all by himself, but back there you have a couple of two-car battles developing, first for the second spot, that's Baker and Petty now battling for that number four position. Dale Earnhardt trying to make some moves as he momentarily ducked out of line, going for that seventh spot, can't find it. Bodine on rails as he leads the second and third place battles. In the 14th position and coming up through the field in a hurry right now is Cale Yarborough. He is another car that is really on the move. Back to the line. Bodine is still in front. Almost a full second over Bill Elliott and Neil Bonnet. They're back in turn one. Baker now getting some running room over Richard Petty in that battle for the fourth position. About three car lengths separate those two as Baker rides a little bit high and there's some smoke coming out of his car. Possibly tire smoke as they ride out of turn two. Front four cars have separated themselves a bit. Bodine's got a good 20 to 30 yards on Elliott who's got two car lengths 
lengths on Bonnet, and then it's another 10 car lengths back to Buddy Baker, who's got Penny closing in on him as they work three and four. Dale Earnhardt has moved past Joe Rutman. That is for the sixth position. Rutman will lie in seventh. Eighth will be Allison. Ninth will be Waltrip now. Tenth, A.J. Foyd. Eleventh, Terry Labonte. Twelfth is Dick Brooks. Thirteenth is Mark Martin, and up to 14th from 22nd starting spot is Yarborough. Quite a battle going on for that number 10 spot right now being held down by A.J. Foyd. Labonte wants a piece of that. So does Dick Brooks and Mark Martin. Bodine, meanwhile, not worrying about any of that fuss. The youngster from New York riding like he's on rails in that number 88 green and white Gatorade car as really the class of this field during the early running. 14 cars right up there in the lead draft with the biggest lead right now being enjoyed by Jeff Bodine. And I think that was a surprise just how quick he got away from the field. He's still maintaining about a second advantage over the second, third, and fourth place cars. They're back in turns one and two. Richard Petty now with a bid down low on the racetrack. He's forced Buddy Baker up high as he now takes over that number four position. Dale Earnhardt tries to slide through the same hole, but Baker has enough to hold him off. Perhaps as much as any super speedway on the circuit, Atlanta puts a premium on handling. We're not seeing a lot of drafting here in the early running. The trick is to get through the corners because you're turning almost constantly at Atlanta with those big sweeping turns. At the Atlanta International Raceway, Jeff Bodine is giving the field something to work for. He stretched his lead a little bit more. Neil Bonnet has now moved into the number two spot. Bill Elliott's fallen back to third. That battle heads up to turn three. Bodine really the class of this field during the early running, but it's a long race here at 329 laps. Petty is closing in on Bill Elliott very slowly, and there's a slam-bang battle among six cars for fifth spot. Joe Rutman doing a good job here this afternoon. Rutman trying to move up right now. He's been locked in the battle for a fourth, fifth, and sixth spot with the cars trying to work their way around him ever since they put the green out earlier this afternoon. But it's Bodine still in front as he works his way down into turn number one and two. Bonnet still rides in the second spot. Bonnet now slowly creeping away from Bill Elliott as Richard Petty is really reeling in the back bumper of the Melling oil pump four to Bill Elliott. He'll be challenging for that position shortly. Back in the field, we've been seeing a lot of smoke out of Slick Johnson's automobile and the cars that are working their way around Slick are doing so very cautiously, fearing perhaps that the engine's about to let go on that car. Meanwhile, a great battle continuing for fifth spot with Earnhardt on the point right now. Earnhardt still trying to hold off those cars right behind him. They had some problems with the Wrangler car during the week. He said the car would run good through three and four, come off the turn real good, and then going down the front straightaway into the number one corner, it just simply would not run. He said it felt like the engine was smothering. Bud Moore and the crew have worked all week long trying to cure that problem. Ned, you might have had a chance to talk with them before they started the race today. I did not get an opportunity to talk to them. However, the car is looking uh, looking good now. But I would say that we'll see some cars start to have some problems in one and two in particular. They'll look different in that turn than they will in three and four because of this wind. It's sort of gusting out here, and it will tend to carry them a little higher into that turn. If anybody has a loose... Uh, type of a setup on their chassis. That's where they will be affected most. Well, he's lost a couple of positions while we were talking to Eddie. Drops back as Bobby Allison gets around, and so does Joe Rutman. That battle goes off the number two corner and down the back chute. Bodine looks like he's just going to drive him away from the field, Dave Despain. Well, he's really got that thing on rails, and again, we emphasize the need for good handling here. He is able to pull away seemingly a will from Neil Bonnet. The corners are so long here that you've really got to have the handle, and it looks like Bodine's got it perfect. The key is whether they can stay with that handle and keep it there for the full race distance. Bodine looks strong. 
I talked to Dick Brooks last night at the hotel, and he said after the practice runs yesterday, he said, I don't know what we're going to do with Bodine. He said he was about a half a second faster than anybody else out there. He said that car is so strong down the straightaways. BNR Motors of Winston-Salem builds the engines for that Gatorade car, and they packed some horsepower into it, and it's really showing here this afternoon so far. He has stretched his lead now to almost three seconds over Neil Bonnet. That's just how quick that car is working. I talked to Jeff this morning, Barney. He said last Sunday they did make a chassis change from their qualifying setup to be ready for the race. And when he practiced here yesterday, he found no change necessary. They were ready and confident that they could jump out front at the start and lead this race. But I don't think anyone, including Jeff or maybe Daryl Bryan, his crew chief, expected him to be this far out in front. Well, they've had it hooked up the last couple of races at Rockingham, North Carolina, a couple of weeks ago up there. He had the field pretty well covered. At least he and Cale and Bonnet were the three strongest cars, only to get into the wall when he had something go awry. They still think they might have had a tire go down and the car crashed into the wall. But today, at least in this juncture of the race in the early going, he is flying. Bodine is fairly new to Grand National Racing, and after so many years of such dominance on the short tracks of New England and the Northeast, Bodine comes down onto pit road out of turn number four, relinquishes the lead to Neil Bonnet, and here comes the Gatorade Pontiac in front of Ned. This is an unscheduled pit stop, Mike Joy, because uh, they should be able to go about 60 laps here. They're going to the right side, changing tires. Of course, they'll fill the tank up with Union 76 gasoline. Now they're going under the hood, so we'll find a problem and get back to you. Mike Joy coming out of turn number two, the last time around, the Gatorade group of Jeff Bonine showed a puff of smoke, and immediately he lost power, and of course, he went into the pit area with an engine problem. A lot of smoke out of Slick Johnson's car as it continues to pour out. He heads back into the number one corner, the NASCAR officials looking him over as he comes by, but what a tough break for Jeff Bodine. The hood's still up on the car. They're working on it, and Ned will give us a report shortly as to what the problem is. The leader now is Neil Bonnet as he moves up into the front of the pack, and they're beginning to catch the tail end of the field. That's just the kind of pace they're setting here in the early going of the Coca-Cola 500. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. It's Neil Bonnet's turn to try and wear out the field of that Warner Hodgson Chevrolet carrying the red and white gold numeral number 75. Bonnet out in front. Richard Petty not able to run him down. Still the gap is about a second and a half. The young Georgia driver Bill Elliott though really pumped for this race in front of his hometown fans. He is making a game run at it. He is in the third spot and on the move. It's a long gap back to the fourth place car. That's Dale Earnhardt. Bobby Allison's fifth. Sixth is Joe Rutman. Seventh is Darrell Waltrip. Eighth is Buddy Baker. 
Baker. They're all in a pack. Ninth looks to be A.J. No, make that Terry Labonte in the ninth spot ahead of Kale Yarborough, who started 22nd. He's moved up to 10th as the leader goes to turn three. Bonnet looking like he's on rails here, and I think the Yarborough certainly is worth a call. He's about the length of the straightaway behind the lead automobile. That's the interval first to 10th, but Kale's coming on strong. Yarborough right now probably has the quickest car in the field. He is one of the few cars that is moving up on the leader. The rest of the field pretty well stabilized for the moment. Nobody's seemed to have gained or lost that much ground on the leader, Neil Bonnet. Richard Petty told us last week just how tough this racetrack is to run and win on. It's, it's a tough racetrack in, in the sense of getting a car to handle good and handle good all day long. Uh, you know, you, you, it's good to have a fast car, and it's good to be able to pull up out of the corners and stuff, but you still got to be able to, to get in the corners and get in a situation where you can come off of them. And it's, it's really a handling racetrack, even though, again, you got you got to have a little bit of go with you, too. But the deal is, is trying to run 500 miles here and make the car handle good for the full 500 miles. You'll you see the boys come out with a good set of tires and the right wedge, and they'll just go like gangbusters. You say, well, they've got to set up, he's long gone. First thing you know, he comes in, he changes tires, he's got different staggers, something's messed up a little bit, then, you know, he's back there racing with somebody else, and somebody else has took over from the lead. Uh, this is a, it's just a tough racetrack to run 500 miles and, and stay competitive for the full 500 miles. Richard Petty right now on that STP Pontiac does have a little handling problem in the corners. His car not working nearly as well as he'd like, and the problem is it will not stick at the bottom of the racetrack. And then I guess we'll see adjustments on probably 50% of the field when they make this first round of pit stops. Yes, we will, Barney, because the racetrack is changing. Every lap they make around there, it had a, a week's weather on it, as we spoke of earlier, even though they did get that one-hour practice there yesterday afternoon. It was still not time to put a lot of rubber down. Unfortunately, they lose a little bit of grease and oil and water down on the track. It makes a change in it, and we will see a lot of adjustments made. We just saw one car come in, Slick Johnson, with more smoke coming from him. It looks like he's going to be out of it here today, but that kind of a thing certainly affects the racetrack. Neil Bonnet, the leader, heads back into turn number one as he's picking off the back markers right now and lapping cars on the tail end of the field, heading up to Mark Garrow. Bonnet now on the bottom of the racetrack, looking directly straight ahead. We have three slower cars there. Richard Petty, about 10 car lengths back. He's looking for some running room. Elliott's running free by himself right now with Dale Earnhardt getting some pressure applied by Joe Rutman, who's running around here on a very sore left ankle. Meanwhile, further back, Cale Yarborough continues to pick up spots, and he, in fact, is closing in on the rear deck of Darrell Waltrip, who is right behind Buddy Baker, and that becomes the race for 6th, 7th, and 8th. Yarborough is on the move. That's the battle we'll follow around the racetrack. Here they come out of turn number four, back down to the line. Cale takes a look on the outside of Darrell Waltrip. Nothing doing there. Takes a peek on the inside as they head back to turn one. Let's see what he can do. Buddy Baker now with a two-car length lead, and that number five position. Walter trying to reel him in, but here comes Cale Yarborough. All three cars with the same line right through the middle of turns one and two. They're locked together. You can throw a blanket over the three of them. Bobby Allison has just dived onto pit road. Oh, he is pitting all the way down in the very first pit down toward the first turn. As the crew takes a look at the tires on that machine, Hood does not go up on it. Ned, that might be unscheduled also. Yes, it definitely would be an unscheduled pit stop, Barney, and the, the hood is up on that car, too, so we'll go down and find out what his problem is. So Bobby Allison having some problems early. We see the hood up on the car now. Crew swarming all over that Miller Time car, taking a look at it, trying to get him back onto the speedway. And 36 laps have been completed of the 328 that make up the distance this afternoon of the Coca-Cola 500. They just put right-side tires on Bobby Allison's car. The hood, if it went up, it was only briefly, and then back down, but putting right-side tires for Allison on this unscheduled pit stop. 
36 laps into the Coca-Cola 500. Neil Bonnet maintaining about a second and a half on Richard Petty. Bill Elliott trying to stay within striking distance. He's well out ahead of the fourth place car. Dale Earnhardt in fifth, the Joe Rutman automobile. In sixth now is Buddy Baker. Riding seventh is Darrell Waltrip. And Cale Yarborough has climbed up to the eighth spot as the leader heads for three. They're working their way into turn three. We were watching uh, the battle between Waltrip and Yarborough, and they are side-by-side side as they work the backstretch. They are just about the length of a straightaway behind leader Neil Bonnet. Side-by-side, side. inside goes Yarborough. Looks like he's got the line in the race for seven. Kale trying to move up another position. Waltrip's giving him a fifth right now as they head for turn number four. They ride door-to-door door out of the quarter, come down to the line. Waltrip not giving an inch, neither is Kale as they come across the stripe. That would have been a tie if that had been the last lap, and they head back into turn number one. It's still, neither driver has lifted. Waltrip now on the outside, gains about a half a car length lead, but Yarborough comes fighting back along the bottom of this 27-degree banking. He's got a slight advantage as they head out of turn number two, but again they pull up side by side as they scoot down the back straightaway. Good thing they're putting on a show because the lead trio are all separated. Richard Petty pulling away from Bill Elliott as they hit the entrance to turn three. Yarborough stuffs it inside and takes that seventh spot away from Waltrip. Cale picks off another position trying to catch up to the leader, and he is on the move right now. Probably has the fastest car on the speedway. He's across the line, heading back to turn number one. Neil Bonnet is still the leader, and a moment ago he had a pretty healthy separation between himself and Richard Petty. That has dwindled again, and Richard is closing back in. He's cut it down now to about a half a second as he comes out of the fourth corner. Petty's car still not working in the turns as well as they'd like it, but he is reeling Neil Bonnet in a little bit at a time as they head back to turn one. The gap right now, as you mentioned, about 10 car lengths. Petty has been doing a lot of experimenting early in the going. It looks like he's tried some different lines going into these turns. Now he bottles again in turn number two, but he continues, really, to reel in the back bumper of Neil Bonnet. Meanwhile, Petty is pulling away from the third-place automobile of Bill Elliott, and Elliott, in turn, is being reeled in by the charging Dale Earnhardt, and that's shaping up as a pretty good race for third spot. Cale Yarborough continuing to work on Buddy Baker for fifth and sixth. Yarborough still may have the fastest car on the racetrack, and that is surprising because when they came here the first day of qualifying, he didn't even get in the top 15. That's how badly the car was working. He told us it was a new car, but they thought they could get it sorted out before this coming Sunday. So, uh, we, uh, the rain out yesterday really put us behind with a new car, but uh, if, if we can get uh, some more practice in this afternoon and some more practice tomorrow, I think we'll have time to work it out. Whatever the problem was, they indeed have it cured because he is probably the quickest car on the racetrack right now. Darrell Waltrip has coasted the Pepsi Challenger Chevrolet of Junior Johnson into the garage area and climbed out of the car. Jerry Punch will have a word with him for us in a few moments. So Waltrip and the Pepsi Challenger team of Junior Johnson have really got off to a slow start the season. They crashed at Daytona. To Richmond, Virginia, they went out early up there. Then at the North Carolina Motor Speedway, they did have a pretty good finish. I think they ended up third up there. And uh, here at Atlanta, they were really hoping to get things turned around, even win one, and get the team started in the right direction. But it'll be a short day for Darrell Waltrip. Well, Rockingham just barely moved them into the top 20 in the Winston Cup point standings by only one point ahead of Mark Martin. And this setback will put them even further back. Leader still, Neil Bonnet as he works his way around the speedway. Richard Petty has chased him down, and Petty is now within a half a car length and going after the lead on the outside in turn one. They're moving up on some slower traffic right now, and Petty has walked right to the back bumper of Neil Bonnet. He has completely chewed up the daylight that has separated those two. He looks to the inside down the back straightaway. That slower car moves to the inside. They move out to the wall and head for turn three. Here's where the draft goes to work. Bonnet cuts it into the corner just a little tighter than Richard Petty. Petty's going to try the outside line 
It doesn't work. The car gets squirrely. Oh, we got somebody skating up toward the wall and almost making contact there. The number 24 machine is into the wall. That is Jim Vandiver, and he takes it up high, coasting, and it appears to be out of harm's way. Nobody's going to hit him. Vandiver keeps it right out against the wall, comes on down, now tries to cut across the racetrack, and he almost clips Joe Rutman as he brings the car down against the inside retaining wall. The right front tire shredded on that car, but he gets it out of traffic, and no caution is on the speedway. So, so Neil Bonnet continues to hold Richard Petty as they move around, remaining under the green as that car is down and off the racing surface. Here comes the battle for the lead again out of turn number four. Bonnet trying to hold off Petty. Richard has been trying to make his move on the outside of the racetrack going into the corners. And a couple of times he's been alongside but hasn't been able to pass. They're back in turn one again. Both cars are using different lines getting into turns one and two. The effect is the same when they come out. But Bonnet goes low. Petty kind of cuts it in the middle. But they come out bumper to bumper again as they scoot down the back straight away. Got pretty exciting here the last time those two went in. Vandiver went sliding right around the outside of them up to the wall. This time they're by the themselves. Bonnets with about a half car length. Same line. Petty goes in high, then tries to chop underneath, and he just can't quite get there off turn four. Caution is out on the racetrack as the NASCAR officials look over the debris up in turns three and four. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Pace car picks up a little speed, drops off the banking up in turn number four. As wisely, Bobby Allison holds the speed down to about 70 or 80 miles an hour, brings them into the number four corner for a good, clean restart. And NASCAR has been awfully quick in the last couple of weeks to let the drivers know that if you jump on the restart, you're going to get penalized. And we saw it at Rockingham. We've seen it here today. Field comes down out of turn number four. Harold Kinder waves the green, and they get at it. Allison, a good jump. Heads back for turn number one. Whoops, here comes Richard Petty trying to put him a lap down immediately. Richard Petty working to the high side. He really looks like he was shot out of the cannon on that restart start as he works now by Bobby Allison to get back out on the point. Joe Rutman is now in the second spot. He's directly behind Bobby Allison by three car lengths. Looks like Bodine on the first start of this race. Richard Petty's got her dialed as he puts four, five, six car lengths on Allison moving into turn three. Rutman pulling away from Buddy Baker in the race for second and third. Here they come out of turn number four back to the line. Richard Petty did look like he had been fired out of a cannon when he came up on that restart. He has now pulled away from Allison by about 10 or 12 car lengths and by Rutman who is the 
second place car by almost a full second. They're back in turn one. The pressure point now on the speedway is the battle for that number four position between Dale Hernard and the 83 Thunderbird and the Chevrolet of Hardy's driven by Dale Yarborough. Yarborough falls off the face slightly out of turn two. Bear in mind the Yarborough had caught Richard Petty was not able to pass him before the yellow came out. Now Yarborough's mired back in fifth trying to do something with Dale Earnhardt as Petty leads him off turn four. So far on this round of green flag racing, Kale's car is not nearly as strong as it was a minute ago. Petty's is, and he is just running off from the field. Rutman rides in second. Baker is third. Earnhardt is fourth. Back in that fifth spot is Yarborough as they go to turn one. Petty now starting to lose contact with the rest of the field as he rides right on the bottom of the rim of that high bank turn and now sprints down the back straightaway ahead of Bobby Allison and Joe Rutman. Handling is the key in Atlanta. We cannot overemphasize that, and Petty is definitely handling as he works his way away from Bobby Allison and Joe Rutman. Side by side for third go the two Thunderbirds of Buddy Baker and Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt has the spot. Dale Earnhardt continues to put a little pressure on Cale Yarborough. That battle heads for turn three. It is Yarborough at second spot. Earnhardt looking to the outside. Cannot find running room. Rutman has lost a little ground of that battle. It is a two-car war over second spot. Yarborough tries to hold Earnhardt off as they come out of the corner, and both cars having trouble spots on this racetrack. As we were talking with Ned a moment ago, the cars will seem to work good in one end of the racetrack. Then the next time around, the car will push up or kind of get loose a little bit getting into the corner. Earnhardt just isn't letting up. He keeps the heat on. Cale Yarborough out of the number two turn and down the back chute and heading up to Davis Payne again. We think back to the fall race here, the next to last race of last year's campaign when Earnhardt was so strong, he was pitching the thing into three here like a short track are almost broad sliding into the turns and led the race until the motor blew. He definitely likes this track. He's smoking the tires all the way around. Richard Petty just continues to wind his way around the speedway. Right now, his car working about as good as anybody here at the Atlanta Raceway. As our turn announcers have wisely observed all afternoon, he can run in the low groove, but he can take it up three or four lanes if he needs to to work traffic and still maintain a good line around the corners and some good speeds. He has about a little better than a three-second advantage over Cale Yarborough, and that's where the battle is right now. Now it's about to change. As they come down the back stretch and work their way inside goes Earnhardt. There's a lap car between him and Yarborough, and Earnhardt had to give up the ghost. It looked like he had the move, but lap traffic chopped him off. It's still Yarborough second. Cale Yarborough used up a lot of real estate to put Earnhardt in behind the lapped automobile. As they head back into turn number one, Earnhardt isn't about to give up the chase. Earnhardt had set up that move for three or four laps. He's really handling better on the bottom of the racetrack than anybody else right now. And he, we finally got the break that he needed, got inside his head, but that lap car came up and snuffed out the chance. Richard Petty has worked through a lot of lap traffic. Yarborough and Earnhardt are now in a hole in the middle of that traffic. So Earnhardt's going to have a lap here to make a move if he wants to. He's trying to set Yarborough up coming off four. Fifteen cars on the lead lap. The race up toward the front of the field is Richard Petty. He tries to run off and hide. Call it now about three and a half seconds over Cale Yarborough and Dale Earnhardt. Joe Rutman is right there in the fourth spot. Benny Parsons running well in fifth. And Dick Brooks, who showed so well at the Daytona 500, didn't do too well at Richmond or Rockingham. They've got fresh tires on the Junie Donlevy car today, and it's showing up. He's holding his own in sixth spot as the leaders go to turn three. Richard Petty skating around the outside of the number 19 machine of Dick May, putting him a lap down. And it's about four seconds now back to the Yarborough-Earnhardt Warfare over second spot. Rutman is still fourth. Field beginning to tighten up a little bit from second all the way back through about sixth or seventh position. It's Richard Petty all by himself out front by a little better than three seconds. Then it's Cale Yarbrough and Dale Earnhardt just 
about a half a fender length apart. Then it's about five, six car lengths back to the 98 car of Joe Rutman. They head back to turn two. Yarborough again working around slower traffic with Earnhardt tucked in right behind him. Earnhardt now quickly reels him in. There's no daylight separating those two. Yarborough definitely making some nice moves out there through traffic, and Earnhardt's got to be getting a little frustrated. He's hitting the turn so hard, but Yarborough keeps putting him in the wrong spot, and he cannot get around. We talked with Dick Brooks the other day. He was having a good run here in the sixth spot as that battle up toward the front continues. He really likes racing on the big track. Scored his one Winston Cup victory at Talladega. Had a good run at Daytona. He was anxious to get back here and run that new T-Bird in Atlanta. Well, again, we've, we've got a car that was built to run at Daytona and Talladega, a place like that, and it, and it really done well there. And uh, we'll come to a place like this or Darlington or somewhere, and it's not quite the car that, that we had there, but I think we're going to do well. We're, we're real close on qualifying, and uh, uh, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think we're going to... Going to do, do some good things this year, and I think it'll. Do, I think we'll do good in Atlanta. He's doing pretty good right now. He's holding on to the rest of the field. Brooks works his way out of the corner, drafting along behind Benny Parsons in that slick-looking T-bird as they head back to turn number one. Richard Petty is just going off the number two corner. Richard Petty working on a gaggle of traffic in front of him right now. Five cars. As Jabra and Earnhardt now have a clear track, they may be able to make up some time. Petty's got three seconds on a second-place battle. Petty in the middle of a bunch of lap traffic. Yarborough holding off Earnhardt all by themselves with running room to spare out there. Then it's Allison a lap down holding off Joe Rutman, who is fourth. With Richard Petty still in the lead, Cale Jarborough riding along in the number two position. At Atlanta Raceway, Jeff Bodine took off from the pole position in his Gatorade Pontiac, led the first 17 laps, coasted into pit road. He's called it a day. Likewise, the Pepsi Chevrolet of Darrell Waltrip, which lost its engine on the 41st lap. We're just past the 120-lap mark here at Atlanta, and since that time, or since about lap 52, when Neil Bonnet pitted and relinquished the lead to Richard Petty, it's been all red and blue out in front of this Coke 500. And he's still hanging right out there after winning up at the North Carolina Motor Speedway a couple of weeks ago. It has pumped some more enthusiasm. They had plenty to begin with, but they pumped even more into the racing team. Petty right now leads Cale Yarborough by just about a second and a half, and that interval is beginning to cut down a little bit, Dave Despain. That's just about half what it was five laps ago, and perhaps Yarborough has pulled out the stops. Perhaps Richard's handling has started to change a little bit. In any event, the Yarborough-Earnhardt battle is catching the leader. Dave, I think what we're seeing happen there is, you mentioned just after this uh, caution, after they went back under green, after that last caution, that Cale's car didn't seem like it was working quite as well. I believe his car is pushing a little bit. That means that the back end is holding a little bit tighter and just after a pit stop that will slow the car down some but as he runs on the tires gets heated up a little bit he burns a little bit of the gas up lean out of the back then it starts to loosen up a little bit and that lets him run faster maybe a richard car starts getting a little bit looser so that uh, closes the gap on him a little bit too close to call in the early going on the Ingersoll Rand Proto Pit Crew Championship today. The Dale Earnhardt Bud Moore Wrangler crew right now leading Terry Labonte and the Dale Inman Budweiser crew by six seconds after two pit stops. Dale Earnhardt hangs on to the number three position, and Dale, that Wrangler team really needs a win, don't they? Well, there's a lot of them that need that. You know, uh, we won one race last year, and it really felt like we should have won a lot more the way the car ran, and if the car keeps running like it has so far this year, you know, I think we'll win our share of races this year. Uh, Bud and the guys are really set to win, and, and it just, you know, it'll do us a lot of good to win, but we really feel like we can win several races this year, not just one or two. Earnhardt trying to chase down leader Richard Petty along with Cale Yarbrough. Dale rides in the number three spot. 
Kale is in second position, and they are beginning to chop that interval down even more. They've cut it now to about 10 car lengths in turn two. Earnhardt pushing Yarborough ever closer to the back bumper of Richard Petty, and as Petty looks into his rearview mirror, he has to see them coming and see them coming fast. Yarborough and Earnhardt are really working together now. Earnhardt tucked right under the rear deck of Yarborough's automobile, and what draft effect there is here at Atlanta is working in their favor as they reel in Richard Petty. That is a smart driving tactic, Ned, here to, to link up two by two there like they did. Oh, that just went right out the window because here goes Dale trying to get underneath him, heading back for turn number one. Earnhardt on the inside has pulled up even now with Yarborough pushing him up into the middle of the 27-degree banking. Yarborough slides a little bit higher now, and Earnhardt right at the bottom of the raceway takes over the number two position, and now Yarborough battling back on the outside. It looks like he's pulling up to an even tie again. Boy, Kale's real strong because it looked like Earnhardt had the spot, had the line, and Yarborough just powered back around him on the outside to hold on to second spot, and they continue to draw closer to Petty. Ned, it really makes you wonder why, when Dale and Cale had drafted so tightly, was catching Richard, had him within about 10 car lengths, and then all of a sudden they start racing each other. Well, I think that's the nature of a race driver, Barney. I think Earnhardt figures that he's got a little bit faster car than, than Cale has right now. He's been able to stay right on him. He's dropped back a couple of times, as we see him now moving right back up on him, coming off the turn two. So he figures that he's run a little faster and he could catch Petty quicker if he was in front, but Cale don't agree with that. He certainly didn't because he came right back around, as Dave Despain said, and Kale seems determined to hang on to the number two spot. Now they link up in a good tight draft again, and they start closing on Richard Petty again out of turn number four. Here comes Dale down to the inside of the racetrack. He's going after that number two spot. They are door-to-door -door heading for turn one. They're side-by-side -side as they again slam into the 27-degree banking. Ron Bouchard, a slower car now, in between uh, Richard Petty, the leader. We'll have to see if Earnhardt will have to give up the chase. He's down on the inside with Yarborough working the outside, a replay of the lap ago. Again, this time, Earnhardt is able to wedge in front of Cale Yarborough. Yarborough ducks back to the inside. They're coming up on the lapped automobile of Ron Bouchard. Petty is about two seconds out in front of them. Earnhardt holds on to the spot into four. Yarborough had to back off that time. There was no place lower on the track to run as they put Ron Bouchard, the 15th place car, one lap down. So Earnhardt and Yarborough are about two car lengths apart now as they go to turn one. Earnhardt now opening up some gap of, of about a car length or two over Yarborough very quickly now. Yarborough's car now running very high in the turn while Earnhardt's running very strong on the inside and they're still closing on Richard Petty. Bear in mind that 10 to 12 laps ago Petty had three seconds on that second place battle. Now it is perhaps 15 car lengths back to Dale Earnhardt who's opened up a five car separation over Yarborough and there's a ton of traffic right in front of the leader. That's going to be the key for the next five or six laps here as Richard Petty's working the lap traffic. He moves up on Slick Johnson's car. He'll be coming up on Jody Ridley down in turn number one. He's going to have to thread his way through. That might allow Earnhardt and Cale to catch up a little bit. They're over in turn two. Richard Petty being pushed up a little bit high because of the lap traffic just up ahead. Earnhardt using it to the maximum opportunity now as he quickly reels in Richard Petty. Three car lengths separate them. Earnhardt closer to Petty now, the leader, than he is to Cale Yarborough, the third place man. Petty up on all the way to the top of the racetrack. He's got two car lengths on Yarborough as they work their lap traffic. Then as Richard Petty loses his advantage, will these cars handle that much differently with the less of a load of fuel than they will with a full tank? It'll make quite a bit of difference, Mike. If you figure uh, gasoline at the same weight, which is a little bit less than water, but at eight pounds uh, per gallon, that's 160 pounds or a little more than that or over 170 that you have on it. And if you begin to burn that out and less than that much, uh, you know, you can take away about 5% uh, of your weight back there. And that can 
can make a big difference. Whatever's made the difference, Earnhardt is there in turn three. As they hit the high bank, in on the outside goes Earnhardt, trying to find the long way around Richard Petty. Will not make it this time, trying to set something up on the front shoot. Well, apparently Dale knew what he was doing when he was trying to get around Cale Yarborough. His car is running quicker away from Cale than it was with him because he's caught the leader, Richard Petty. He's knocking on the door, trying to see if he can take the lead. They're back in two. The hot breath Richard Petty feels is Dale Earnhardt right behind him. Earnhardt with a bit on the inside out of turn number two. Earnhardt on the inside as they come up the lap traffic has the advantage as they scorch down the back straightaway. They are side by side. Earnhardt the charger. Petty the long time leader. Earnhardt beats him to turn three. Dives to the low side and Petty is relegated to second spot. Earnhardt the new leader. And the race fans come to their feet. They love it. Dale Earnhardt just would not give up the second spot. He took it away from Cale Yarbrough. Goes right up after Richard Petty and he has the lead here at the Atlanta Raceway. Ricky Rudd is on pit road. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. The Piedmont Airlines Pontiac Chevrolet is in. They're changing the right side tires. Coming in a little bit early, Barney. They shouldn't be able to run longer than that. But as we look, it looks like the right rear tire is blistered a little bit. They have it serviced, and he's on his way. Rudd, who was already a lap down, will lose some more ground here, making a little bit of an early pit stop under the green at the Atlanta track this afternoon of the Coca-Cola 500. The leader is Dale Earnhardt. There has been a change also in the second spot as Cale Yarborough has worked his way around Richard Petty. Now moves up into the number two spot. Richard, for the moment, settles for third. He's just about three car lengths back of Yarborough. They're back in turn one. Dale Earnhardt now working up on some slower traffic has pulled away to a ten-car length advantage as he works to the outside. Now gets loose in turn number two as he tried to get around that last traffic. Did a real of a job to keep the handle on that race car, but lost a lot of ground to Cale Yarborough and Richard Petty. It's just fascinating watching these cars change in the course of one pit stop from one pit stop to the next Earnhardt so much stronger now than Yarborough and Petty Petty who led handily is now back in third and scrambling to keep up Jeff Bodine who fell out of the race earlier this afternoon when an engine seized up on the car he may be going in to relief drive for another car that is still in the race let's go to Jerry Punch in the garage area for that report well Barney Jeff Bodine was standing here with his wife he had already changed into his street clothes he ran and changed back into the driver's suit and now he's walking by us here they said that they wanted him to go stand by in one of the pits. We're going to check and see whose pit he'll be in. Well, Terry Labonte had been very sick here at the Atlanta Raceway yesterday afternoon. They came out and put in a few practice laps. He went back to the motel and went to bed immediately. And I understand didn't even get out of bed until late this morning. But I saw him in the garage a little bit earlier today, and he said he still wasn't 100%, but he felt a little bit better. So I imagine that may be the car he'll be going in. Well, I talked to Joe Rutman the other day, and he says that most people don't really realize how physically demanding this sport is. Well, I think that the thing that probably punishes me the most is uh, being from California. You think I would withstand heat good, but when that car gets warm on the inside, and I mean warm to the point that it puts a blister on your uh, heel or burns your leg or... Uh, I just don't know exactly what the temperature gets inside there, but the temperature along with the, the concentration, because just a one moment of uh, lack of concentration is going to get you in trouble. Ned, if you're not feeling 100%, it gets awfully warm, and it gets to be an awfully long day in the cars, even, even on a day like today. Especially if the car's not running well, Mark. A.J. Foyt slows down in the front straightaway, drops down on the apron of the track, and heads for turn one. Let's follow him around as he heads over to the number two corner. Foyt, way out of the throttle. He certainly is, Barney, and right now he's down on the apron of the speedway, moving very slowly, and the car seems to be misfiring. Also, it's lurching to the outside. Maybe a problem with some tires on the right-hand side of that race car. Last time A.J. Foyt came through turn three here, he was just being lapped by the leaders, and it sounded like a string of firecrackers going off, a lot of backfiring and missing in the car, and as Foyt takes it toward pit road, it definitely is a mechanical problem. 
So A.J. Foyt may join the list of retirees of Darrell Waltrip and Jeff Bodine, who fell out a little bit earlier this afternoon as one of the top contenders and had a shot to win the Coca-Cola 500. Here he comes on the pit road. Let's go now to Ned Jarrett. Well, another unscheduled pit stop for A.J. We'll see if he's going to take it to the garage. No, he's coming on down pit road, so whatever it is, he's going to try to get his service down here. Dick Hutcherson and the rest of the crew there ready to service the car when he comes in. Jeff Bodine is just walking by our position here, and he did and say that he's headed to Terry Labonte's pits, and we'll be standing by to perhaps go in the Budweiser car as they continue to service A.J. Foyt's car. Well, they're not doing much to it, Ned. They went over to try to change right side tires, fill it with gas. They continue to fill it with gasoline. They are looking at the left side of the car and talking to A.J., but Barney, I didn't see it go up on the jack. I don't think they did anything to it except talk to the driver. They checked all four tires, dumped in a little fuel, and now Foyt cranks the car, heads back down pit road, and he's going back out of the speedway, but he does not seem to be coming up to speed in a hurry at all, so he may be coming on around ahead for the garage area. We'll watch and see. Dale Earnhardt, the leader. Cale Yarborough rides second. In third is Richard Petty, and they've got a long way back to the fourth place car. That'll be Joe Rutman. A.J. Foyt, who's won four Indy 500s, hoping to make it five this May, and who won the 24-hour Pepsi Challenge at Daytona earlier this year with French drivers Bob Wallach, Claude Ballalena, and American Preston Head, will not win today. He's coasted his Valvoline Gilmore Chevrolet into the garage area. Jerry Punch will hope to have a word with him. 142 laps complete here at Atlanta. Dale Earnhardt leading Cale Yarborough. Richard Petty is third. Joe Rutman is fourth. Fifth is Benny Parsons. In the sixth spot is Dick Brooks. Seventh is Mark Martin. In eighth is Bill Elliott. Ninth is Terry Labonte. Tenth is Harry Gant. Eleventh is Neil Bonnet. Twelfth is Tim Richmond. Thirteenth is Kyle Petty. And fourteenth is Buddy Baker, all on the lead lap. Pit stops right now should be coming up. These should be regular scheduled pit stops. And the leader has just dived in on pit road. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Put more in the crew service that car in 15 and a half seconds. They changed the right side tires, filled it up with Union 76 gasoline, cleaned the windshield, and sent him on his way. The others will be coming in before too long. Daryl Sage is in the pits now, headed back out on pit road. But within the next four or five laps, we'll see all the leaders coming in for scheduled pit stops. Dale Earnhardt gives up the lead, and that will move Cale Yarborough up into the number two spot. Richard Petty make that the number one position. Richard Petty drops back now to the number two position. Let's take a little further back in the field before this round of pit stops gets going. 15th, one lap down. Bobby Allison still struggling to get his lap back. 16th is Ron Bouchard. 17th to Dave Marcus at 18th to Lake Speed. Two laps back, Morgan Shepard is 19th. Bob Seneker's in the 20th spot. 21st is Ricky Rudd, and 22nd is Buddy Arrington. All of those cars are two laps down. Only four cars in the garage area. They include pole sitter Jeff Bodine, Darrell Waltrip, Jim Vandiver, and now A.J. Foyt. Good run this afternoon for young Mark Martin as he comes off the banking up in turn number four. We'll be making his regular schedule pit stop. But Dave Despain, he's had a good run. He's been knocking off some of the front runners. He just moved himself prior to that pit stop up into fifth spot, and he was closing on Joe Rutman, who's about six seconds back from the third-place car. Martin definitely turning in a strong run. Car's handling well. Let's hope he gets in and out quickly. He is on pit road along with Harry Gant. Let's go back to Ned. These are our scheduled pit stops. They're changing right side tires on both of those cars. Martin came in first. They should have his service completed very shortly as Gant is right directly in front of our broadcast position. They're changing right side tires on it. And they had a trouble with one of the air wrenches on Gant's car as Mark Martin goes down pit road now. But Gant's car will be extended because they had to come back and get another air wrench. Gant revving the engine on that Skull Bandit car, wanting to go, knowing that he's in the pits much too long. And he was for 29 seconds. 
So a tough break for Harry Gant. Here's Buddy Baker and the Valvoline car coming down pit road for his schedule stop. Gant was the 10th place car. Now Baker's just holding on to the tail end of the lead lap, and he, in fact, goes a lap down to Cale Yarborough as the Wood Brothers go to work. Baker was the last car in the lead lap. He also will get right side tires and rejoin the field. So pit stops the order of the day. The Fords, Dale Earnhardt started it out. They get a little less gas mileage than the General Motors products and the Chryslers. Uh, however, Bill Elliott has not yet been in. Well, Elliott has never dived in the pits, as we put it, as quickly as most of the other Fords. For some reason, they seem to get a little more gas mileage than the Wood Brothers and the Bud Moore car. Here's Richard Petty coming off the banking up in turn number four. Petty will be making his stop, and very shortly we expect to see Terry Labonte on pit road. We'll keep our eye on that pits and see if he makes a driver change. Let's go back to Ned. Here's Lake Speed also coming down pit road in the Uno car number one, owned by Hoss Ellington as Petty goes on down to his pits. And Mike, you mentioned that Elliott normally gets a little better gas mileage here he comes now down pit road. He's running the 82 P-Bird here where most of the other four drivers are running that 83. But he runs a different intake manifold on his car than what Bud Moore and Glenn Wood runs on their Fords. That could make a difference in the gas power. He always seems to go an extra three or four laps over what the Wood Brothers take their car along with Bud Moore. Here is the leader on pit road, Cale Yarborough, comes in. Let's go back to Ned. A schedule stop for him. They, too, will go to the right side of the hardest car. Here's Kyle Petty coming down pit road along with Joe Rutman in the Levi Garrett car. So everybody having to make pit stops now for uh, regular pit stops. They're getting low on gasoline. Of course, when you come in for gas, they take on uh, tires as well. Yarborough would have handed the lead to Rutman, but Rutman also was on pit road. And Benny Parsons in the skull number 55, the Richard and Leo Jackson car is now the leader in the Coke 500. Here's Kyle Petty getting his routine service. Eddie Birchwell, the rookie driver from San Antonio, Texas, also making his scheduled stop out and away. We'll see. Mike, Mike I believe that Dick Brooks would be in the lead now because Benny Parsons did make a pit stop a few laps ago. Dick Brooks and another of the Fords has not been in. The crew is looking for him. He should be coming in shortly. So give Brooks, the Porterville, California native, and now Spartanburg, South Carolina resident, the lead. And Barney, I've not seen anybody as pumped up about getting a ride and having a ride full-time on the circuit in a long time as Dick Brooks is this year. Well, they had such a good run at Daytona. Brooks is so happy to be back with Junie Donlevy and that Trucksmore team. And they had been looking for a sponsor this season. They picked up the Simonize folks here for this particular race. And a few years ago, uh, Brooks did some stuff for Simonize, and he did a broadcast with us up in Martinsville. I guess you remember that race. I think you were up there. And they had a couple of streakers come out of the, one of the rooms up there, go down through the grandstand, and we were kind of kidding about it. And one of the streakers got away, and the sheriff caught the other one, and Brooks came up with a quick remark. He's very quick-witted. And he said that, you know, the streaker that had Simon eyes got away, and I asked him the other day, do you remember that? That uh, one of the guys did get away from the sheriff, you know, and that's, that's what we said. One guy had Simon eyes on, the other one didn't. No, no. One of them made it, and the other one didn't. So Brooks is sponsored by Simon Eyes here this weekend, and they were hoping to maybe pick up a at least a part-time or full-time or associate sponsorship with Simon Eyes for the rest of the season. But you're talking about how well the car is running. They really do have that car dialed in this year, particularly on the super speedways. They feel like it'll take them maybe three or four races to get the handling capabilities they need in that 83 Thunderbird on some of the short tracks. But for the big tracks for a mile and a half on up, they feel like they can hold their own with anybody. A spin and turn number three just a moment ago. Car number 54, David Simcoe, has come to rest on the infield grass. The car spun at the end of the backstretch. 
stretch and came sideways, slid down across the safety apron. A magnificent piece of driving by Simcoe. That car had a dead bead on the wall and looked like it was definitely going to come right up through race traffic. Simcoe got a turnaround back into the infield. He's stuck in the mud out there. The engine is dead. Simcoe is okay. That'll be the third caution of the afternoon coming out for David Simcoe's spin up at turn number three. The way they're running at the time of the caution, Dale Earnhardt was posted as the leader, and in fact, Dick Brooks was showing as the second-place car. Cale Yarborough in third, in fourth, Richard Petty, fifth to Joe Rutman. Well, we're about set to go back to green after a very lengthy caution flag a moment ago. David Simcoe spun the car off in the mud up in turns three and four, and as we reported, they've had an awful lot of precipitation and moisture in the Atlanta area. The wrecker got stuck trying to get the car out, but now that's all cured up, and we're ready to go back to racing. Dale Earnhardt is the leader. Richard Petty moves up into the second spot. Third right now is Cale Yarborough, and fourth should be Do Joe Rutman as the field works to turn three. We're doing a lot of speculating out here about who's going to be strongest at the end of this race, and boy, it's tough to pick because Earnhardt... Petty, Yarborough have all shown a lot of strength in their cars, but none of them has been able to be consistent here. It will be Earnhardt on the point as they come to the green. Well, let's see if Richard Petty can do anything with Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt would not give up the chase a moment ago. He just persistently kept coming back time after time after time to take the lead away from Petty as Petty drafts him down into number one. They drop the green. Here goes Richard. He goes after the lead in a hurry. Richard Petty down on the inside of the raceway, but Earnhardt comes fighting back on the outside to reclaim the lead that Petty held just momentarily. Bobby Allison has wedged himself in between Cale Yarborough and Richard Petty in the battle for second. Picking it up just where we left it off with Earnhardt out front. Petty is in the second spot. Remember, Allison is a lap down from early in the race. Has never been able to get that lap back. So the third place car is Cale Yarborough with Joe Rutman fourth and Mark Martin fifth. Good scramble back in the middle of the pack as some of the drivers a moment ago that got caught back in there on that pit stop trying to work their way back to the front, but they're watching the battle for the lead. Here goes Petty. He's after it again in turn one, and he may get it. Petty down to the inside. This time he has enough, and he gets in front of Dale Earnhardt to reclaim the lead again. This time it should be for a while longer as Earnhardt is tucked in behind him, and Petty smokes the tires off of turn two trying to hold on. Cale Yarborough starts making noise down on the inside of the racetrack trying to get around the lap car of Allison and move into an uncontested third spot. Can't get there as they hit the 27-degree high banks of turn three. Petty goes high. Underneath comes Earnhardt. Uh -oh. Oh, and underneath comes the rest of the field. It is Earnhardt, Bobby Allison trying to get his lap back. Petty gets stranded on the high side, three wide at the stripe as Yarborough goes underneath Allison with Earnhardt on the outside. Three wide again up in turns number one as they dive in deep. Yarborough on the inside. Allison was in the middle. He got pushed up to the outside. Earnhardt gets inside of him. And Yarborough's a brand new leader by two car lengths over Earnhardt. Boy, they really took it away from Richard Petty. He's been having handling problems here in three and four all day. And that time as he wiggled and slipped and slid around, the field is with streaming by underneath, and Petty is caught way outside the pack. Everybody said this would be one of the best races ever run in Atlanta. It is materializing to be exactly that. Cale Yarborough went three wide to grab the lead. He's moved away from Earnhardt by about eight car lengths. Dale rides in the second spot. Ruffman is third. The scramble now is for fourth position back in turn two. Mark Martin running very strong right now, trying to hold off Bobby Allison, who's a lap down, and Richard Petty, who's tucked in behind him, as Joe Ruffman now has thoughts about that number two spot in Dale Earnhardt. Bear in mind that K.O. Yarborough started this race in 22nd spot. Didn't qualify worth a lick, but the car has run strong all day, and now Cale is really asserting himself over Earnhardt. Well, Dale Earnhardt won this race from what, Barney? About 36 positions? 32nd. 
So you can come for the back of the field here and do it in a hurry. Kale has done just that. He leads Earnhardt by about three, maybe four seconds down into turn one. It's turning into a three-car battle now for that number two spot. Quickly now, almost now, six cars running for that position. It's Earnhardt in the point for that battle with Ruffin and Martin close behind. Here comes Petty and Bill Elliott. Mark Martin, a real spoiler in this pack. The youngster has been at the front all day long. A move by Ruttman on the inside. He takes over second spot. Drop kicks Earnhardt back to third. Martin is fourth. Petty is fifth. Ruttman is so overdue to win a race, but so are half a dozen other guys in the Winston Cup racing division. Kale pulling away from the field. Almost two seconds now over Joe Ruttman, who's worked his way up to the number two position. Earnhardt is third. There's about a six-car draft riding for the second spot, heading over to Mark Garrow. Joe Ruttman now working on that number two spot as Earnhardt tries to reel him back in, but he's got about a car length of daylight between them right now. Yarborough continues to pull away, and Petty got loose and almost got the wall out of turn two. Cale Yarborough, one of the strongest super speedway drivers in the business, has now put about one and three-quarters seconds on the second-place battle. Ruttman and Earnhardt going at it for second spot. Kale back to the line, continues to stretch his lead over the rest of the field. Rutman hangs on to second, Earnhardt third, fourth is Mark Martin. Good run for young Mark Martin this afternoon. He's able to hold his own right now in that Stacy car. It is crew chief by Booby Harrington, and they felt like it would take three or four races to kind of get their act together. It's paying off for them here this afternoon as he's hanging right in there in that pack of traffic chasing Kale Yarborough to turn three. Down the back stretch at 175 miles an hour, Rutman pitches it onto the bank with Earnhardt right on his tail. Mark Martin is there, then the lap car of Allison. Petty is next in line, and then Bill Elliott, sixth. Seven cars are in that draft, trailing the leader out of turn number four as Kale is now the man on the point, and all the action is behind him. Seven cars are in that pack. The seventh of those is Buddy Baker. All of them are on the lead lap except Allison. Earnhardt would like a piece of that number two spot again as he comes slamming into the 27-degree banking on the inside, trying to get by Joe Rutman. Rutman has enough to hold him off, and Martin again pressures from the back. Interesting to watch Buddy Baker's up and down day. He was all the way back at the tail end of the lead lap, but now he's a matter of about 12 to 13 car lengths out of second spot, and the number 21 Wood Brothers machine is hanging on to that lead draft. The draft just trying to keep Kale inside as he heads back to turn number one. Kale, what does it take to win here? Yes, uh, it's, the racetrack itself is almost all turns, as you say, and uh, you got to have a car that really handles good and works good here if you're going to run good all day. <clears throat> Kale's got it dialed in right now, and he begins to try and pull away. A moment ago, it looked like he was going to stretch his lead to about three seconds. It hasn't changed that much. Still about two as they move to Dave Despain in three. But it's a solid two. He runs it right into the banking, splits the banking right down the middle with 1.8 seconds on the second-place car of Rutman, who's very solid as he remains ahead of Earnhardt. Good second-place battle. Kale back to the line, puts another lap on the scoreboard. Ned, I remember when you won a race here, I think it was 64 or 65. That was one of the first times I'd been into victory lane doing PA back in those days to interview a race driver and you could see the excitement in your eyes but at the same time you could see the physical exhaustion. Atlanta really works a driver doesn't it? It, it really does Barney and I think one reason is because it's a car in trouble over in turn two. Well he gets it straightened out. That was Ron Bouchard went all the way to the wall just as I started to say that uh, this track is so demanding because of the long turns here. Each turn taking up a half a mile and then the high banking here. The pavement is a little bit rough too and so that heavy helmet or the helmet gets heavy as time goes by beating down on it is really physically demanding. You see the drivers in the corners from the tower when they go in there and they really get busy in those turns. Leader continues to be Earnhardt. 
Let's make that Kale Earnhardt had the second spot a moment ago. It's taken away now by Rutman as they draft down the backstretch, and they are closing in on Kale Yarborough. They've chopped it down a bit. The interval shrinking as Rutman and Earnhardt have hooked up and are running a tight draft. Mark Martin is right there on their tail. Then Allison, who's been a lap down all day, but is able to run with that lead pack, and they are catching the leader. Chasing the leader down. Kale Yarborough back to the line. He looks in that rearview mirror, and the interval has shortened a wee bit. Not a lot, but they are definitely chopping away at it as they head back to turns one and two. Earnhardt now pressuring Rutman again. He's handling very well down on the bottom of the racetrack now. Kind of a replay of earlier in the race, and when after a pit stop, he didn't run that well, but after a few laps, he came on strong and took the lead. It'll be interesting to see whether Earnhardt stays in third spot. We recall when he and Kale were hooked up chasing Richard Petty, Earnhardt decided he had to get around Yarborough to catch the leader. Now he's got to make that same decision with Joe Rutman. Way up high goes Mark Martin up in turn number four, and he will lose a spot on the racetrack as they come off the corner and down the straightaway. Bobby Allison moved past Mark Martin. That's not for position as Allison is still trying to get his lap back. Cale Yarbrough still the leader here at the Atlanta Raceway. We've completed 194 of the 328 laps that make up the Coca-Cola 500. Yarbrough trying to hang on to that interval of a couple of seconds a moment ago over Joe Rutman and Dale Earnhardt. They're not chopping away all that strong at it, but little by little, they are picking up a couple of car lengths each time around. Here's Cale out of turn number four, comes back down to the line. Ned, you said a moment ago that Earnhardt, if we stayed under green, might chase the field down or wear him out. Why? Well, Barney, we noticed on that last long run during the green flag in the first half of the first 20 or 25 laps, he could hang on to Kale. He could do a good job drafting, as he is now doing, on Joe Rutman. But then he began to pick up speed, and he did. He came on and passed Kale and Teddy. And so the car seems to work better after the tires gets heated up better, according to the others. So if they should go a long period under green, that's the car to watch, in my opinion. Well, the car also seemed to work just as well by itself as it did in the draft a moment ago, as he proved when he got away from Cale Yarborough and chased Richard Petty down from about three or four seconds back, just came up through the field all alone and chased him down. So Earnhardt should be strong here today. The way they're running at Atlanta right now, we'll update you. It is still... Cale Yarborough in front. Joe Rutman rides second. Third is Earnhardt. Fourth is Mark Martin. Fifth is Richard Petty. Sixth is Neil Bonnet. Good story there. Bonnet was within four seconds of being lapped a little bit earlier here this afternoon. He's put himself back up in sixth position, and that car is running strong. He took off early today, like he might just run off and leave the field, but he didn't do so. Currently, he's showing in sixth. Seventh is Bill Elliott. Eighth right now, Buddy Baker. Ninth is Benny Parsons. Tenth is Terry Labonte. Eleventh is Tim Rich, but a good run for him. And twelfth is Dick Brooks, and all those cars are on the lead lap. Lake Speed comes on to pit road in the Uno International Games car of Haas Ellington. Speed's from Jackson, Mississippi, and we want to welcome WJDX in Jackson, Mississippi to Motor Racing Network, carrying their first broadcast this afternoon. Hopefully that'll be the first of many. 197 laps on the board. Kale, it's Cale Yarborough's turn to wear out the field right now. Jeff Bodine had a shot at it for 17 laps before losing the engine in his car. Then Neil Bonnet, then Richard Petty. Dale Earnhardt has had the lead, and so has Benny Parsons, but now it's all Cale Yarborough for the moment. Well, but right now, Dale Earnhardt has moved back around Joe Rutman, so we'll see if he is able to run Cale down. Bobby Allison is posted currently in 13th position, one lap behind the rest of the field. Average speed at this juncture of the race, just 134.138 miles an hour. We've encountered three caution flags this afternoon. First one coming out when debris from Jim Vandiver's car on the track up in turn number one on lap number 52, about the 88th lap. 
Jim Vandiver again stalled up in turn number four, bringing out the caution, and David Simcoe brought out the caution on lap 166 when he spun up in turn number three. As we reported a little bit earlier, the attrition rate has not been all that high here today, and Ned, there's a couple of reasons for that. I think one thing is the cars are so much better prepared in the last couple of years that the mechanics doing such a marvelous job on all these cars, and the weather's a little bit cool today, and that helps. Well, of course, all that makes a difference, but I think the preparation is the key, Barney. They just keep engineering, finding better ways, better parts, better metal, and all of this kind of thing, and that helps the uh, endurance of the cars. I've said before on our broadcast that that maybe during the factory days when there were 25 and sometimes 30 cars that were sponsored by the factory uh, were in a race, you had to have that many potential winners. But today, there are 15 or 20 winners, but you'll have most of those run, or potential winners, I should say, you'll have most of those running at the end of the race, and that makes it all the more competitive, as we see Joe Rutman now making that competition stronger as he moves around Dale Earnhardt. Rutman just took over the number two position, heads up to turn three. The interval has grown. Cale Yarborough has been able to pull away from the second place battle as Rutman and Earnhardt got to fighting side by side. Cale has opened it back up now to two and a half seconds, and the second place battle is in traffic. Cale is the leader. Here he comes to the line. He has clear sailing. Nobody around him even close, about two and a half seconds back to the second place car of Rutman. The third place car is Dale Earnhardt. Bobby Allison's riding door to door with him, trying to gain on the leader, put himself back on the lead lap. That's a good battle there. Watching over in turn two. Also closing in is Neil Bonnet and Bill Elliott. Bonnet now on the inside of Dale Earnhardt will take over that number three position as Elliott tries to move through the same open door. Bonnet could be the spoiler here. Remember that he led the race until he got into trouble and had to make an unscheduled pit stop and got almost a lap down, but now he has scrambled back to the inside and is trying for third spot. Here comes Bonnet pounding along the bottom of the racetrack. He squeezes up in front of Earnhardt, then broadslides just a bit and stays right on the bottom of the racetrack. So Neil Bonnet will take over the third spot. Elliott is gunning for fourth. Right now in between Neil Bonnet and the number two car of Joe Rutman is Bobby Allison, who's a lap down. As again, Yarborough continues on his merry way as he streaks down the back straightaway. You've got the Alabama gang running right together there with Allison a lap down, and now using him for a draft is Neil Bonnet as Bonnet goes looking for the number 98 car of Joe Rutman, and the car that's fading fast here is Dale Earnhardt. Something has happened to the handle on Dale Earnhardt's car. It has gone away, and he has slipped from second back to the fourth spot. Make that back to the fifth spot as Bill Elliott has gone around him, and Richard Petty closes in. Lake Speed had made one pit stop, had to come back in again. Seemed they took uh, left one of the lug nuts off, so that NASCAR officials, mindful of safety, pulled him back in. Here's not a good sign. The Kyle Petty car is in the pits. Let's get out of Ned. As the hood goes up on the car, Mike Joy, this is an unscheduled pit stop for Kyle Petty in the 711 team. Mike being the crew chief on the car, but they have more problems than uh, just a tire or needing gas right now. Scarborough is trying to drive off into the sunset away from the rest of the field right now, and he's doing a pretty good job of it, but a real scramble been going on here for the last 10 or 15 laps for that second position. Bobby Allison is right in the thick of that, not for second spot, but he's in the battle for that second position, trying to catch the leader and get himself back on the lead lap. Here's Kale out of turn number four, brings it back down to the line. Neil Bonnet, Dale Earnhardt, and Bill Elliott, three of the new young up-and-coming drivers on the circuit have been banging back and forth, back and forth, last 10 or 15 laps around. Here's Neil going down inside Bobby Allison, trying to gain some more daylight on the leader. Bonnet down on the inside of the track has forced Allison up to the high side, so the youngest member, one of the younger members of the Alabama gang moves into that number two spot, Earnhardt through the same hole. He takes over third. Earnhardt looking strong again. I don't know, he had faded back to fifth. Now he's hooked on to Neil Bonnet, is solid in third, but Bonnet taking over second spot could be key. That car is very powerful. 
powerful and it's handling well. He looks like he's on the hunt for the leader. They work past Lonnie, Ronnie Thomas's lapped automobile as Cale Yarborough almost half a straightaway ahead of Neil Bonnet. Here comes Allison down to the inside and it moves Bill Elliott's Ford right up on the deck lid of that of Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt fights off the challenge though he continues to hold on as they work around Jody Ridley, a lapped automobile. Two cars that have really lost the handle the last few laps. Richard Petty falling off the pace and Mark Martin and they were challenging just a few laps ago. Cale Yarborough's missing a great race. He's way out in front but that battle for second is a pretty one. It is Bonnet holding off Earnhardt as they work turns three and four. Bill Elliott trying to get around Bobby Allison. He's got Joe Rutman in tow. Field out of the number four corner. Back to the line as Cale just runs away right now. Still a long ways to go in this one. 211 laps are complete. 328 make up the distance in the Coca-Cola 500. And Cale Yarbrough's car right now seems to be one of the best working on the racetrack. We said earlier in the broadcast this afternoon that he could run down at the bottom of the speedway if he needed to, but he could also take it up three or four lanes in the corner and still keep the speed up and get around this racetrack. The attrition rate has not been all that high, and for an update on that, let's go to the garage and Jerry Punch. Well, Barney, of the original 41 cars has started. We have seven here in the garage area. Jeff Bodine and Darrell Walter both blowing engines early in the event. Then Jim Vandiver shredded a tire and wrecked the car number 24. He was followed by H.J. Ford, who parked the Valvoline Gilmore Chevrolet with an engine miss. Then came David Simcoe, that engine failure. Dick May just parked the gray racing Buick as a seventh car to retire, just pulling in the smoking car of the 7-Eleven Pontiac of Kyle Petty. Well, they've had their share of problems this year, but when Kyle has been in the race, they've run awful strong and been right up front, but the luck just has not been with them. They haven't been able to get it all together thus far. Field coming up out of turn number four and back to the line, and Yarbrough works way low on the racetrack. Fast rookie Bobby Hillen putting Hillen another lap down, and Bonnet is seeing some daylight. He has opened up quite a margin on Dale Earnhardt and the rest of the pack battling for third spot now as they go to turn two. If anybody can catch Yarbrough right now, it is Neil Bonnet in a Chevrolet looking very strong as Allison pressures Dale Earnhardt. Also running very strong right now is Bill Elliott, and Ruffin has all of a sudden found the handle again. Been a very interesting pattern in this race. It seems that somebody's been able to jump out after every pit stop and take the lead. It's Yarborough this time, who has almost three seconds on the emerging Neil Bonnet, who has now the second-place car, but he is closing that interval. Squeezing it up a little bit as they come out of the corner. Bobby Allison is the man on the move. He is diving inside, outside, trying to get away from everyone and catch up to the leader, put himself back on the lead lap. He and Dale Earnhardt currently are switching positions back and forth on the racetrack. And as we said a bit earlier, and Ned pointed out, he felt like Earnhardt's car would be the one to beat. Dale started going back through the field right after that, and then all of a sudden, Ned, he started coming right back up to the front of the pack. That car has been sort of hot and cold, Barney, and I think it has a great deal to do. The sun has been in and out here, a cloud going over the sun for a while, and then the wind will pick up, and then it'll die down. So I think it's responding to the weather maybe a little bit. Let's take you back through the field just a bit with Cale Yarborough, the leader, as of 200 laps. Joe Rutman, or rather Neil Bonnet, the second place car. Dale Earnhardt is third. Bill Elliott is fourth. In the fifth spot is Joe Rutman. Riding in sixth is Richard Petty. Going along in seventh is now the Buddy Baker automobile. Eighth is Mark Martin. Ninth is Benny Parsons. Tenth to Terry Labonte. Eleventh, Tim Richmond. And twelfth, Dick Brooks. All those cars are on the lead lap. One lap down in thirteenth is Bobby Allison. Fourteenth, they're showing the Harry Gantt machine one lap down. 
two laps back in 15th is Ricky Rudd, 16th is Ron Bouchard, and 17th is Bob Seneker. Mike Joy, we had speculated a few minutes ago that A.J. Ford had parked the Valvoline Gilmore Chevrolet with the miss. A.J. just happened to walk by. A.J., what was the problem? Well, actually, the biggest thing, we uh, lost the cylinder earlier, and it just kept getting sicker and sicker, and I didn't want to take a chance of blowing the engine and maybe wrecking the car or causing a wreck for somebody else. A.J. is a former winner here. This track appears to be very tough on the driver. Well, it really is, and also it's a very uh, tricky track. It's a handling track, and if you're not really handling, you just can't hardly run with the top guys. How about the wind as a factor? We were mentioning earlier possibly the wind may be buffeting the cars a little bit in the turns. Well, I don't think uh, wind was a big factor today because, you know, you're up on the bank, got a lot of cars, a lot of people in the infield, so it, it didn't really bother me. Well, A.J. Ford out of it here in Atlanta. Jared, does he have a headset? Yes, he does, Barney. Uh, A.J., this is Barney Hall in the tower. How many races do you plan to run with us this year? I know it's hard to just come in now and then and run one now and then because it's like you said, if these guys came to Indy and tried to run a champ car against the guys up there that do it week after week, it's awful hard to cut it, isn't it? That's quite true, uh, Marty. I enjoy running with them. They're a very tough competition, and when you come over and run with them, you better have your homework done. Uh, I just made a decision a while ago that the next race I'm going to run, I'll probably be in Talladega May 1st. Uh, I know Bill France and him have talked to me before about it, but I just made the final decision after making such a poor showing here today. I will be at Talladega May 1st. Well, when your guys get it all together, A.J., I know you can hold your own with these guys, but the equipment, it's like we said, just coming in every now and then, every other race or every fifth race or so, it makes it awful hard. I don't think there's any question well, about your driver ability. That's right, true. Uh, I've got, you know, good equipment as anybody, but we just got to get our act together, and that's the reason I'm going to go on to Talladega. I think we can run a lot better there than we did actually here today. Okay, we'll see you in Talladega. A.J. Foyt, who is out of it here at Atlanta this afternoon, he won this race in 1972. He's still a tough competitor, and I think he's going to be around for a long, long time. Well, certainly is. You couldn't believe the smile on his face winning the 24 hours of Daytona. After his car fell out of the race, he hopped into a Porsche 935, type of car that he had not driven before, managed to keep that car up front for car owner Preston Hand. Bob Wallach brought it home to Victory Lane, and that was quite a happy scene in Daytona, although a bit soggy one in January. It was soggy here last week. Today, that's not the case. As now it's Cale Yarborough's turn to wear out the field. Neil Bonnet rides in second. Dale Earnhardt is third. Fourth is Bill Elliott. And fifth is Joe Rutman. Cale Yarborough has just completed 224 of the 328 that make up the distance in the Coca-Cola 500. A moment ago, he had a healthy margin of almost four seconds over the rest of the field. But Dave Despain, that's kind of went away. It has indeed. Neil Bonnet is on the move. He has pulled away from what was a good battle for second spot with Dale Earnhardt. And now Neil has not only left that battle behind, but has chopped the interval on Cale Yarborough down to about a second, and he is narrowing that interval with every turn of this racetrack. Bonnet is the man on the charge. Bonnet really working traffic. Car sticking at the bottom of the racetrack, and he continues to close in on Cale Yarborough in turn two. Right now, two cars in between those top two automobiles. Lake Speed and Ron Bouchard a lap down at least as Bonnet now closes in even further as they move to Dave Despain. Bonnet was a powerhouse early in the race, led the race until he got into the concrete and uh, got the tire, got the sheet metal into the tire and had to stop for an adjustment on that. Cost him nearly a lap, but now he's going back to the front. For Neil Bonnet, he felt like his team had turned out to be the Cinderella team of 1983. Well, I think they surprised a lot of people, all the guys in the garage area, along with myself, as how good they are running. They're putting out a winning effort, and if I can do my job, we'll win some races. 
He's going after the leader right now, Cale Yarborough. He's a little less than a second behind as they work down the back stretch and back to turn three. As they come off the straightaway and peel into that 27-degree bank, we'll put the clock on the interval. Yarborough is by, and we make it one and a quarter seconds, so it is about three seconds less than it was just ten laps ago. Last year here at Atlanta, it was Dale Earnhardt who spent much of the race wearing out the field. His Bud Moore Ragnar Thunderbird sticking well right at the bottom of the racetrack, just the same way that Cale Yarborough in that Hardy Chevrolet is doing today working right down on the bottom, only going to the outside when necessary to lap traffic. And now, Mark Garrow, at your position, Bonnet's hugging the apron as well. Well, yes, they are, Mike, but really they're also, I think, changing lanes just a little bit. They're coming in a little bit higher uh, in the turns right now. The track may be getting a little bit greasy down there, so while they're down on the line as they come out of the turn, they are setting up a little bit higher. Bill Elliott still running a strong third here at Atlanta this afternoon, so many people feel like this young driver is far, far overdue to win one. He's had a couple of second place finishes very recently up at Rockingham, North Carolina. Finished just about a half a car length behind Richard Petty a couple of weeks ago up there. He's running in third position here right now. The car this afternoon at Atlanta has not been dialed in quite as well as they'd like it, but I think as far as any of the Fords having horsepower, he's probably as strong as any Ford out there, Ned. And for some reason, they just are not wanting to run the 83 Thunderbird, they're still hanging with the 82. Well, he says that that car uh, worked so well for him here last year, and rather than take any chances that the other car might work differently because of the body design on it, he felt that he'd be more comfortable in this car, and that goes a long ways towards uh, the performance on a given day. If you like the car that you're in, uh, and it feels comfortable to you, go back with it, and that's what they did here, and they didn't feel that the speed that they ran here would make that much difference, the body design on it, so uh, they chose to bring that 82, and he's going to win some races. That team is getting it all together now. Marty Hallwood mentioned before that uh, the 7-Eleven Pontiac of Kyle Petty had been parked. Kyle, what was the problem? I don't know. I guess we burned a piston or did something to it. and started pumping all the oil and it pumped it out the breather up through the heads and pumped it out in the, in, into the breather in the back, and it, it was just too dangerous for everybody to keep going. I know you've got to have awfully high hopes for the 7-Eleven team. Things seem to be coming together for the whole Petty family. Your dad running very strong, as well as your team. Well, we felt like we were pretty strong. I mean, you know, we came down here and felt like we ran pretty strong. And uh, so far, the races we've been to, we feel pretty good about how we've been running this season. Uh, we hadn't had that good of luck. We started off this season just like last season, blowing every motor we put in the car, I guess. But uh, maybe by the end of the season or by the middle of the season, we'll get some of the bugs worked out and be all right. Well, Kyle Petty out of the herd Atlanta. Here comes the battle for the lead off turn number four, and exactly door to door are Neil Bonnet and Cale Yarborough. Neil had it a moment ago. Now Cale takes it back in turn one. Neil is tucked in behind them. They're riding a little bit higher in the turns right now, but Bonnet handling better down on the inside. Snuck a peek there, but now tucks up behind Yarborough. Now again to the inside as they streak down the back shoot. Neil looking to the inside. Is there room? He's going to make his move as they hit turn three. They are in the high banks. Bonnet on the low side. Up high goes Cale Yarborough. There'll be a lap car in front of Neil Bonnet, and that may slam the door as they come off turn four. Well, everybody hoping this doesn't turn out to be Rocky too, and by that we mean Rockingham too, where these two cars crashed out of the race while racing for the lead. Yarborough skillfully pins Bonnet behind a lapped car, uses Ronnie Thomas for a pick, and Cale holds the lead to turn one. Cale did just that, a very veteran-type move as he holds off Neil Bonnet. Bonnet, how long he can do so, is, we'll have to speculate on as again, Bonnet tucks in behind him and looks to the inside. The inevitable, the immovable object and the irresistible force here, and Bonnet is the force. He tried to get to the low line going into three. Yarborough got there first, but Bonnet is handling so well, you have the feeling that he's just going to pick his spot and go around. Fans are on their feet watching this lap-by-lap -lap battle right now as Cale Yarborough tries to hold off 
Neil Bonnet, Dale Earnhardt makes a quick stop on pit road, gets back onto the racetrack. The two front runners head back to turn one. It looks like Hale Yarborough has more on the straightaways, but Neil Bonnet is simply out handling him in the turns. Again, he closes in. Rips to the inside, pulls up side by side as they move down the back chute. They are door post to door post as they come down the chute. 175 miles an hour. There goes Bonnet to the inside. Clean pass. He's got the lead. Kale will try to come back around the outside. Let's see who gets there first. Yarborough looked to bobble just a bit at turn number four, and Neil will get him by two car lengths as they come off turn four. It will be Bonnet. The red, white, and gold Hodgson colors in front. The Hardy Chevrolet of Kale Yarborough now drops to the second spot. A rash of pit stops coming up here very shortly. Dale Earnhardt was in and out of the pits a moment ago, and I think, Ned, probably the next five or ten laps, we'll see the whole field in there. Yes, we will, Barney. It is uh, pit stop time. We see Harry Gantz crew, Ricky Rudd's crew, ready to pit those cars. So here's Rudd coming down pit road now in the Piedmont Airlines cars. Most of them will be coming in the next five or so laps. Dale Earnhardt, who lost a lap on his pit stop, has just moved around Cale Yarborough and rides behind the leader. And the leader is coming off the banking up in turn number four. Neil Bonnet will make his pit stop as he comes down. And there's heavy traffic on pit road. Let's go to Ned. That's going to slow him down a little bit, Barney. Now they get separated. That was Tommy Gale and Bobby Wallach car number 74. As Bonnet slides into his pits, Jake Elder and the, I mean, uh, yes, Elder and the crew go to work on the right side, changing right side tires, filling up the Union 76 gasoline. Of course, all these cars running Goodyear tires. Here is Buddy Baker down pit road and the Wood Brothers Ford. Scheduled pit stop for him. Bonnie's still on the jacks as they try to get him ready to go and he's out in 18 seconds. Good stop for Neil Bonnet as Jake Elder and the crew getting back on the racetrack. He had been leading this race, been running very strong. He'd been hot and cold here today himself. Here's Cale Yarborough, the hardest Chevrolet, coming down pit road for his scheduled stop. Also, Joe Rutman coming down pit road. Bill Elliott, so all of them now coming in for scheduled pit stops. This is the second time today that they've made these stops under the green. And, boy, the pressure is on as Mark Martin comes down pit road also after getting his service, but the pressure is certainly on when you stop under green, because if you lose it to second, it means a lot of yardage out there on the racetrack. And then Jared Kyle Petty just came running by me, headed your way with one of the Budweiser crewmen. He had changed back into his driver's suit, and Petty was headed to the Budweiser pit. Joe Rutman on pit road. Buddy Parrott and the crew were leading the Ingersoll Rand Proto Pit Crew Championship ahead of the Budmore Wrangler crew and Buddy Baker's Wood Brothers crew as that competition goes on. $2,100 today for the crew whose car spends the least time on pit road. Here is Benny Parsons and Richard Petty bringing their cars into the pits, and there should be 90 laps remaining as they dive onto pit road. So it looks like it's going to be quite an interesting finish here this afternoon. This is going to separate the field and sort them out all the way around the racetrack again. Should be Neil Bonnet at the head of the field when they come off and finish this round of pit stops. Earnhardt was the first car to pit, but Bonnet got out of the pits cleanly and quickly with service from Jake Elder and his crew. He will likely be the leader as they repost them on the board. Here's Bobby Allison who lost a lap early, has been fighting all day to get it back, hasn't been able to do it in the Miller Chevrolet, or rather Buick, as he goes to pit at the far end of pit road. Like most of the cars, he'll get right side tires and gasoline. 90 laps to go would mean there's no way they could go the distance from here. At least one more pit stop. Yeah, there will be one more pit stop. So we completed 239 of the three 
328 that make up the Coca-Cola 500. It's been a good one here all afternoon. Beautiful sunny skies. Just about as good a competition as you'd want to see. There's been anywhere from 10 to 12, 13 cars on the lead lap all afternoon and at different intervals here today. It, it has looked like at least five different drivers is going to run away with the race from Kale to Neal to Jeff Bodine and then all of a sudden it's turned around for everybody. Barney, they've come off pit road just the way they went on. It's Neil Bonnet up in turn number three with the lead. Kale Yarborough trying to take it away. Also a battle for third spot between Earnhardt and Joe Rutman. And Bobby Allison is back up there in the thick of things trying to catch up to the leader get himself back on the lead lap. As the field heads back to turn number one, Earnhardt again trying to pick his way back to the front. That car's been hot and cold this afternoon, but one car that's been pretty strong all day long, let's make that two cars, has been Neil Bonnet and Cale Yarbrough as they ride the back stretch and head for turn three. They're going to be looking at a half dozen lap cars right in front of them, the interval from Bonnet to Yarbrough, perhaps a car length as they split the banks of turn three and four, and it's going to be interesting to see who can work the traffic most effectively here. They're coming to you, Barney. Out of the corner, back to the line, Cale Yarborough just keeps his eye on Neil Bonnet. There's a heavy pack of traffic directly ahead. Bobby Hillen, the rookie driver, one of those cars. They drop to the inside, give him a little racing room. For Neil Bonnet, he feels like every time he comes here, he gets a boost at this racetrack. I tell you what, it seems like all through my career, whenever I needed a little bit of a boost, Atlanta seemed to come through and win a race or have a good finish or something. So with this new team, it's a good place to get some victory started. Thoughts of Neil Bonnet. 242 laps are complete here at Atlanta International Raceway. Just the way they came off the caution, they're working slower traffic out of turn number four. Neil Bonnet, the Warner Hodgson Chevrolet, leading that Hardy Chevrolet of Cale Yarborough. It's about two seconds, maybe three seconds, back to the battle for third spot going on between Joe Rutman and Dale Earnhardt. Under caution for the fourth time this afternoon when Dale Earnhardt lost an engine going up into turn number one in the Wrangler car, and he has made that hard left turn and gone to the garage area. Maybe Jerry Punch can catch up with him and get a word with him in just a moment. What a tough day again for Dale Earnhardt and the Wrangler team of Bud Moore losing that engine. It was a break for Dick Brooks, Ned Jarrett. Yes, he was. He had not made a pit stop during the green. Others had, so Brooks was able to stay out there. He was about ready to come into pits. His crew was up on pit wall already with they're tired, and then the caution comes out, so it is a break. He was leading this race. He is in the lead right now, but he'll be coming in the next time around, making his pit stop under the caution where others made theirs under the green. So Dick Brooks, who was in danger of going a lap down if he came in and made that stop under green, gets a break in someone else's misfortune when Dale Earnhardt loses the engine on the Wrangler car. Now he'll be able to leisurely come in and make a pit stop under the caution and stay right in that lead lap and have a good shot to win this race this afternoon. Sort of a carbon copy of last year's race for Dale Earnhardt here at Atlanta, dominating the race early on, running up among the leaders, and then having the car end up a short day in the garage area. Let's welcome a couple of new stations to Motor Racing Network as our coverage of NASCAR Winston Cup Racing expands around the country. WAUK in Waukesha, Wisconsin, WKAD in Canton, Pennsylvania, and KTOW in Tulsa, Oklahoma, airing their first MRN broadcast today. We welcome them and their listeners to Motor Racing Network. Why not take a minute this afternoon and drop a note to the station that you're listening to today carrying this broadcast. Make sure they're carrying the full MRN schedule. Tell them how much you appreciate their broadcast of Winston Cup Racing because listener support is a strong factor of what program directors put on the radio stations around America. If you'd like to see more Winston Cup coverage, drop a note to your favorite local radio station and tell them so. 
A rash of pit stops under this caution and just about all the drivers that were in a few moments ago under green elect to come back in for a second time, Ned. Yes, they do, Barney. They're changing left side tires on those that had made their stops under the green. Meanwhile, Vic Brooks in the Simon Eyes uh, Sonny King car changed all four tires on his car. As we mentioned, he had not made a pit stop during the green flag running, so he's still very much in the thick of the running here today. So there'll be 80 laps to go. We're at lap 248 right now with 80 to go. Ned, that's going to cut it kind of fine. I don't think it's they can go fact, the distance. Yeah, I don't think there's any way they can go the distance. Even as good a gas mileage as Dick Brooks is getting here today, I don't think that he'll be able to go either the rest of the way. Should it go all the way under green, they'll have at least one more pit stop. Today in the press box here at Atlanta Raceway, the members of the press will vote the Goodies Headache Award to the driver who has the best reason to have a headache, and there have certainly been some of those, starting with pole sitter Jeff Bodine, who took off and led the first 18 laps and then lost his engine. Darrell Waltrip having a frustrating start to his season with the Junior Johnson team, losing an engine after coming up through the field. Jim Vandiver's in the garage area. Likewise, A.J. Foyt, David Simcoe, who spun out of the race after losing his engine. Dick May has parked his car. Likewise, Kyle Petty. And now the most recent retiree, Dale Earnhardt, showing well, also going out with mechanical problems. All of them are candidates for that Goodies Headache Award. 249 laps are complete here at Atlanta Raceway. Neil Bonnet is being posted as the leader. Or rather, Joe Rutman is being posted on the leaderboard. Bonnet in second. In the third spot, unofficially, would be the Terry Labonte car, and in fourth would be Cale Yarborough. Quickly, let's go to Jerry Punch in the garage area. Well, we just checked with Dale Earnhardt. He said to tell everybody back home he dropped a valve, and uh, he gave it his best shot in the Wrangler Thunderbird. He said, but it just had to be that kind of day. He said uh, he just didn't feel like chatting right now, a little bit downhearted. Here are the cars on the lead lap. As of the time of the caution, Dick Brooks was leading here at Atlanta. Buddy Baker was in the second spot. Neil Bonnet was third and fourth was Cale Yarborough. Uh, Earnhardt was running in the fifth spot when that engine let go. That moved Joe Rutman up into that fifth spot. Bill Elliott, Benny Parsons, Richard Petty, and Tim Richmond are all posted as being on the lead lap. Those ten cars in contention. The rest of the field from Bobby Allison on back, one lap down. And although Allison's still in the race, he'd be a good candidate for the headache award. It's, that must be frustrating, Ned, to get into a race and have one of the strongest cars in the field, as evidenced by the way he stayed with the leader, but have an early problem and just have to try to fight to get that lap back all day. Well, for the fans who might have tuned in late, he had that problem early in the race when he had a tire go flat, and they thought that it was the uh, left side tire, and then indeed it was the right side tire, so they lost a little extra time and lost a lap, but he just hasn't been able to make that lap up. He's run with the leaders all day, but as we've mentioned several times on the broadcast here today, there's been one car that's been able to pull out after each uh, caution period and run away from the field, and that one car always seems to keep Bobby from getting his lap back. Well, if we stay green from here on out, the question, of course, becomes one of gas mileage. Probably nobody could go the distance, but the guy closest to it is Dick Brooks. Brooks is in the Juni Donlevy car this year. It's a brand-new 83 T-Bird, and Brooks has been absent from the circuit except for pickup rides for the last couple of years, but said he never stopped wanting to race and is happy to get back. You know, I, I uh, people keep saying, how many times are you going to keep coming back in this deal and what have you? Well, uh, we used to run up front here a lot, uh, you know, at places like this, and you get away from it for a long time, and and uh, I don't think you ever quit wanting to, you know. I don't know, I don't know how old you'd have to get before you quit wanting to race, and and uh, uh, so the opportunity to do what we did at Daytona was was really great, and I I enjoyed it for myself and for Don Levy's crew. Just they just went crazy, you know. That's the best they'd ever done. The car's doing pretty well today. Dick Brooks, one of the 10 cars that are on the lead lap. While we're under caution, let's take this pause from Atlanta International Raceway. 
At the Atlanta International Raceway, we're still under caution as the cleanup crews have been putting some stay dry down in turns one and two where Dale Earnhardt lost the engine on his Wrangler Ford a moment ago and has retired for the day. So it'll be another lap or so before we go back to green here this afternoon. It's been a good one in the Coca-Cola 500, just about what everybody expected. They thought it would be one of the most competitive races we'd ever seen with 41 drivers starting earlier today and 40 of those drivers qualifying at over 160 miles an hour. And that's the first time in my memory I remember the whole field qualifying at that kind of speed. I guess the only question, Barty, is who will be the rabbit on this round after this round of pit stops? It was Jeff Bodine from the green flag. Then it was Richard Petty. Cale Yarborough had a shot at it. Each of them able to open up a two to three second margin. But every pit stop, as Ned Jarrett has commented earlier in our broadcast, things seem to change and somebody else hits the right setup and tries to get away. Anybody's guess who it'll be this time? Well, there are so many drivers, the young, younger generation that we've talked about coming on strong, they're looking for that first victory, want to win so badly, and have been running so hard here today. Bill Elliott, who is one of those, as we talked about earlier this afternoon, he's finished second on numerous occasions last year and, a, and at Rockingham a couple of weeks ago, but still he's not discouraged about even the second place finishes. I feel like if I can just keep running like I'm running, I'm in pretty good shape. I was pretty disappointed at Rockingham after the race, but yet I had a lot to look be thankful for. I finished the race. I got a lap back and I almost won the race and I felt like that I need to sit down with myself and say, hey, look, I've been running pretty good and not really worry about it. You know, do the best I can and go from there. Tell you another place this young boy runs awfully strong. I think from the first time he ever went there, he ran about as good at Darlington, South Carolina as anybody I've ever seen go to that racetrack. And Ned, that track seems to be the kind of a speedway that you either go there and adapt to it immediately or it gives you problems forever. Because Darrell Waltrip and some of the other young guys that come along a few years ago just went there and they looked as good the first time out as they do right now. There have been a few that have been that way and certainly Bill Elliott fits into that category. I talked to him about that last week and he said he felt that maybe when he came on the scene that he was not quite as aggressive. He's just trying to learn and trying to drive smooth. And I'll tell you, you definitely have to drive smooth at Darlington. And if you don't, you get in trouble in a hurry. And I think that is one thing that lends to his success there. Plus the fact that it has always been a good track for Ford race cars too. And of course, Elliot has always run Ford. So I think we can look for him to run strong in the Trans-South 500 two weeks from today. Well, he's got quite an enviable finishing record going into today's race. He's finished all three of the Winston Cup races in the top five with two second-place finishes. Nobody else has three top five finishes. Of course, nobody else is in the Winston Cup point lead. We asked him how he feels, Elliot, how he feels about being called kind of a David Pearson kind of driver because you don't see Elliot in the lead, and indeed he has not led this race today. But when it comes down to racing for the money, he's right there at the checkered flag, and Pearson's a lot like that. I asked Elliot about the comparison. I always thought I was kind of a little bit like him because I never did like to abuse the car or anything because I felt like you had to get to the end of the race to win a race. And I always tried to keep my equipment because my father had spent the money and it was hard for him to, to come up with the necessary money to race. And I would just try to look after him in that aspect. He's a hard race driver when it comes down to counting time, and he's right in the thick of things this afternoon. Need to give a call to Benny Parsons also because he's kind of took his time here today and made a few adjustments on the car, kept the car in the lead lap all afternoon, is currently being posted in fifth position, and Dave Despaini's made a good run. Well, he has indeed, and the key for Benny has been consistency. He's not been flashy all day. He's not been one of those guys who's charged to the front and led it by two or three seconds. But lap after lap, Benny's been cutting good, consistent times. The car is working well, and he's the kind of race driver who knows how to win. He's a former Daytona 500 champion, former Grand National champion. I wouldn't count him out. I wouldn't mind having my money on Benny today. 
Let's take you back all the way through the field as they continue to put down speedy dry out in turn number two on this caution. Joe Rutman leads the Coke 500. Neil Bonnet rides second. Terry Labonte is third. In fourth is Cale Yarborough. In the fifth spot is Benny Parsons. Sixth is Bill Elliott. In seventh is Richard Petty. Running in the eighth spot is driver Dick Brooks. In ninth is Tim Richmond. Tenth is Mark Martin. And eleventh is Buddy Baker. All those 11 cars are on the lead lap. One lap back in 12th is Bobby Allison, and 13th is Harry Gant. They're showing as a lap down. Two laps down in 14th is Ricky Rudd. Three laps back in 15th is Ron Bouchard, and from there back it's Dave Marcus in 16th. 17th is Buddy Arrington. In the 18th spot is Bob Seneca. 19th is Jody Ridley. 20th is rookie Jim Sauter. 21st, Bobby Walwack. 22nd and 23rd rookie drivers, Bobby Hillen and Darrell Sage. In the 24th spot is Sterling Marlin. 25th is H.B. Bailey. 26th is Jimmy Means. 27th position belongs to rookie Ronnie Hopkins. In 28th, rookie Eddie Birchwell. And 29th, the last car on the racetrack, is Tommy Gale. At 255 laps of the 328 that will make up the Coke 500 today. Well, a couple of the drivers have scooted in on pit road and topped off the fuel tanks. One of those was Tim Richmond, and Ned, you said a moment ago you think some of them might try to stretch it now that we've been under caution a little bit of a while. This has been a little longer caution than we anticipated. Dale Earnhardt's scattered a lot of oil and water around the racetrack, and it's taken a little time to clean it up, and Bill Elliott just came in, and the Melling pump forward capped off his gas tank. We see Junior Donlevy and them appear as if they're ready to bring Dick Brooks in, and he's been getting awfully good gas mileage here today, so it wouldn't surprise me to see some of them try to stretch it from here on out, as we see a couple of other cars coming down pit road right now to cap those tanks off. At the Atlanta International Raceway, the green is about to come out to go back to the Coca-Cola 500 on lap 258. And Ned, real quickly, before they go back to green, four or five of them top those tanks. They'll try to go. Including Dick Brooks, Richard Petty, and Cale Yarborough and Benny Parsons. It'll be interesting to see how many of them can go the distance. Some of them will try as they come off of the fourth turn. They're about to get the green. They're going to be caught back in traffic, have to pick their way back to the front as Harold Kinder waves the green. And we may run this one to the checker this afternoon. Rutman is the leader, riding in the number two position right now, Neil Bond. It, they scramble for turn one. Bonnet pressures him from behind. They're right down low on the racetrack. Benny Parsons got left behind just a little bit on that restart. He's currently running third, but Ricky Rudd and Harry Gant separate him from the top two cars as now Bonnet looks to the inside out of turn two. I don't see a jackrabbit in that pack. It's a good five-car, six-car, seven-car battle going into turn three. Bonnet leads him in. Rutman right on his tail. Parsons slips up into the number three spot and then a couple of lap machines followed by Mark Martin. Six cars right up there in the lead draft as Neil Bonnet snatches is the lead away, brings them back to the line. Rutman trying to get back up there. Parsons is the third place car. They're just about a half a car length apart as they work the banking in one. A lot of dust up in the turns right now from the speedy drive that was put down after Dale Earnhardt's motor went awry up here just a while ago. It's blowing around and causing a little bit of trouble right now as now Bonnet has moved out a car length away. Bonnet opening up the advantage a little bit but not significantly. A lot of those guys who stopped and topped off the tanks are back in fifth, sixth, seventh position as Bonnet, Rutman, and Parsons trail through turn three. The man with a mission was Harry Gant trying to get back on the lead lap. That effort went to, toward the back as he got caught on the high side. It is Bonnet, Rutman, and Parsons. Those three cars have a little bit of a breakaway. On the inside, moving up from the back of the pack, come Petty and Yarborough. Petty now down to the bottom of the racetrack will challenge Terry Labonte. Labonte just about two car lengths away as Yarborough works on the back deck of Harry Gant, who's down three laps. 
If this is going to be an economy run, it'll be a fast economy run. 175 miles an hour. They peel them off and then slow down for turn three. Bonnet opening up about a three-car advantage over Rutman. We may see Cale Yarborough and Richard Petty link up in a draft and try to chase down the leader right now. Back to the line. It is still Bonnet. As we said earlier in our broadcast, a couple of times he has had a car that looked like he was just going to run off and leave everybody, but a couple of times he's been chased down. Rutman hangs on to the number two spot. They're back in turn two. Mark Martin running very strong right now. He's currently riding fourth right behind the lapped automobile of Ricky Rudd. Buddy Baker is also right there as they try to work into contention. Martin and Baker go side by side for fourth spot as they come to turn three. The leader is Bonnet, Rutman, and Parsons in a tight draft for second spot. Martin holds on to fourth spot. Mark Martin holding on to that position. It's a freight train on back behind him as the drivers that made those last lap pit stops under caution are trying to fight their way back to the front of the field. And they include Petty and Yarborough on the tail end of that freight train. Rutman now trying to hold off Benny Parsons as they sweep into those turns at better than 160 miles an hour. Parsons pressuring at the backside right now. Look to the inside, but tucks it in behind. He wants another bit. He moves to the inside. A dozen cars out front trying to sort it out. Tim Richmond ducks onto pit road. Benny Parsons takes over the second spot from Joe Rutman. Martin is working on the lapped automobile of Ricky Rudd. Neil Bonnet brings him back to the line. If he looks in that rearview mirror, he sees a bunch of drivers are coming after that number one position, including Benny Parsons and Joe Rutman. He told us yesterday that you can make up a lot of distance and speed on this racetrack if you're willing to risk a little bit in the corners and drive the car awfully hard through the turns. kind of track where you can get in there and with the short turns, excuse me, the short straightaways and these big turns like we have, if you really hustle the car, you can make up some time. Sometimes you're in a car, and if it's going to go X amount of speed, you're going to go that fast. But at Atlanta, you can hustle the car around in these corners and pick up a little bit of time on some people. He better hustle because the field is coming after him. Here's Neil Bonnet back to the stripe again to put another lap on the board. 264 complete of the 328 that make up the distance. Right now, the interval is stabilized between the leader and the rest of the field back in turn two. Joe Rutman is there like a pesky junkyard dog behind Benny Parsons. Parsons can't seem to shake him. Those two, though, seem like they're closing in on Neil Bonner as they move down the back chute. Well, you talk about strategy, you talk about handling, and in the end, it seems like it always comes down to a street fight. you got eight guys out there beating on one another. Every one of them wants to get to the checkered flag first. Field back in turn number four, and Ned, a lot of times, a, a driver like Cale Yarborough or Richard Petty, who's been at this business a long time, know they still have plenty of time to get it done, and they'll let those front runners kind of use up their equipment in these final laps. They're smart race drivers, no question about it, Barney. And the fact that they dived on pit road, took on that little bit of extra fuel, might have been the smartest move that they've made today. I said that Benny Parsons was one of those drivers that dived in. That was not Benny. He had stopped a couple of laps earlier. However, he might have enough fuel to go the rest of the way, but I think that. Petty, Yarborough, and the car number 90 of Dick Brooks and Bill Elliott definitely will try it. I'm sure that if one gambles, they almost all have to gamble because if you pitch, you automatically lose the race. Bonnet still in front. Parsons rides to the number two spot. He's about six car lengths back. They're back in one. Right now, one driver has been driving his heart out all afternoon, closing in on the leaders. That's Buddy Baker and the Woods Brothers' Valvoline Thunderbird. He's about 10 car lengths behind Joe Rutman, and Rutman now closes in on the number two spot. Baker has gone from close to the front to near the tail end of the lead lap. Now he appears to be able to hang with the draft of the second-place cars, Benny Parsons and third-place Joe Rutman. Baker is fourth, fifth is Petty, and sixth is Cale Yarborough. Out of turn four to complete the 267th lap here at Atlanta International Raceway. Neil Bonnet having his all his own way. And Benny Parsons, who has not run near the front early in this race, suddenly he is a factor in turn two. 
The Skull Buick working very strong down on the inside of the raceway, and they're closed, slowly chipping away at the lead of Neil Bonnet, closing in on the daylight as Rutman is pushing him towards the front. Key factor here, nobody's been able to break away after this green flag. Bonnet's got an interval that is measured in car lengths, perhaps 10 lengths over Parsons and Rutman, and it's another 10 back to Baker, and then 10 more back to the side-by-side -side battle between Petty and Yarborough. Cale Yarbrough has gone ahead of Richard Petty in that battle for fifth and sixth spots. They're still running quite a bit behind the leader. Neil Bonnet, second and third. That continues to be a dogfight. It is now Benny Parsons in the second spot. Third is Joe Rutman in fourth. Still Buddy Baker and Yarbrough and Petty beginning to close in. It will be a six-car shootout in a matter of a few laps. We're under caution again for the fifth time as Bill Elliott loses an engine up in turn one. Well, the day has come to a close for the hometown favorite from Dawsonville, Georgia, Bill Elliott, the Melling Oil Pumps 1982 T-Bird. As he was sweeping through this number two turn at better than 160 miles an hour, he got down onto the short quarter mile straightaway. It let go right in the middle of the groove, and a very disappointed Bill Elliott, who was looking to break into the victory lane for the first time this afternoon, will have to park that 82 T-Bird. Well, all our speculation about running for the roses and stretching the fuel goes right out the window because, Ned, here comes everybody on pit road. Everybody coming down pit road. They'll be able to go from here, no question about that, if there's not another caution flag. So they all come in, and they'll top the gas tanks off. They'll uh, change tires, make any other adjustments. they got to give it their best shot right now, and sometimes, Barney, that best shot is they have a particular set of tires that uh, seem to run a little bit better. They found that out in the practice runs last Last week or maybe yesterday afternoon they've saved those tires here for this last uh, run towards the end so they've got to give it their best shot neil bonnet only took on gasoline he apparently was pleased with the way his car was going he was running out front he should have been but others will be making a slight adjustment trying to pick up that little bit that they like well, along with his chances in today's race, Bill Elliott can probably watch his Winston Cup point lead go away. He had a cushion of 43 points on Bobby Allison, but the low attrition factor here at Atlanta will show Elliott finishing 33rd, and he will likely lose the point lead to either Allison or Neil Bonnet or Joe Rutman or perhaps Richard Petty. Those were the, top, the rest of the top five going into today's action. Well, it's a tough break for the young Georgia driver. He even had high hopes of winning this one here at Atlanta this afternoon, but such will not be the case. Again, this is the fifth caution flag of the day. Caution flag, another lengthy one as oil and water has dropped all the way around the racetrack. And we are still under caution here at Atlanta, but this finish is shaping up to be a dandy with Neil Bonnet riding up front, Dick Brooks in the number two position. Don't count Brooks out here because he's been getting around here pretty strong all day. Young Mark Martin is posted as the third place car. So a lot of the young names that we haven't seen up front all that much are very much in contention to win this one. All up toward the front of the field, Terry Labonte would be the next car in line ahead of Joe Rutman's automobile. Both of those drivers are spoiling for a victory. Benny Parsons is right up there. Cale Yarbrough and Richard Petty will all be in that outside lane when they reform up double file with lap cars on the inside for the restart. Dave Marcus is back on pit road. They've had a leaking valve cover on the engine of his Chevrolet. Have been trying to fix that before we get back to green. Looks like the Speedy Dry truck has finished its ministrations around the racetrack. Mark Garrow at your position in turn two. Still a bit of Speedy Dry up there, especially up in the high part of the racetrack. Well, there certainly is, Mike, and there's a very high wind buffeting the racetrack right now. We heard from A.J. Foy when he talked with Jerry Punch earlier. He said that it wasn't that much of a factor with the high banks and a big crowd in the infield today. Uh, one good thing about the wind, it has blown a lot of that Speedy Dry up against the wall, and hopefully we won't see anybody up there uh, during the remaining portion of this race. One thing, though, that has to be a question right now is the fact that as the race wears on naturally, the track gets a little bit slick down in the fast groove down on the inside. We'll have to see what these blown motors, uh, the last two 
Dale Earnhardt and Billy Elliott have done to this racetrack because when the engines let go on those two automobiles, it was right in the fast lane of this racetrack as they exited turn number two. So we'll have to keep our eye on that and we'll have to also maybe see later on whether they made some adjustments on that last pit stop to take that into account. Caution out here, 280 laps on the board, 322 will make up the race at Atlanta International Raceway, 42 laps left to run as the NASCAR officials and observers stationed in the Union 76 balls and elsewhere around the racetrack check out the track for any more debris. This time around, they'll get the indication it will be one lap to go and we'll be back to green flag racing. Dave Marcus comes off the pit road. Ten cars, or rather nine cars, on the lead lap set to fight it out here for the Coca-Cola 500 checkered flag. Bobby Allison one lap down in that tenth spot. He's been soldiering along there, a lap behind, running with the leaders, but they lost a lap early when they kind of miscued on an unscheduled pit stop, started to change the left rear, then realized they had to change the right rear tire and lost a lap, as Ned Jarrett pointed out earlier on. Also a lap down, the Tim Richmond, old Milwaukee beer wagon, running in the 11th spot. In 12th, two laps off the pace is Ricky Rudd. Also two laps down now, Harry Gant, the Skull Bandit. As starter Harold Kinder gives them the one-to-go sign, Dick Brooks will fill up in line, moving up behind Neil Bonnet for the double-file restart. They go to turn one under caution. Well, there's some dark horses there, Mike, in behind Neil Bonnet. Bonnet has tasted victory on more than one occasion, but you look at Dick Brooks, Mark Martin, Terry Labonte. Uh, he's been a winner before, but certainly not to the degree Neil Bonnet has. Uh, then you have, of course, Joe Rutman right behind Benny Parsons. Uh, there's some people up there that would certainly like to get in the victory lane. It would do their teams a lot of good, and they're lined up stacked right up against the back bumper of Neil Bonnet. Well, they're getting ready to go at it again. As we said, Dick Brooks is currently up in the number two position. Has this been a good track for you, Dick? I do well here. I, uh, uh, I've never finished well. I mean, I've never finished much here. If some reason or another we fall out or something. I, I was thinking about it the other day, and I've wrecked a couple times here, but most of the time I've just fell out for some reason or another. So I don't know. Maybe this, uh, maybe this week will be the week that we'll stick it all together, and I think we're going to run fine, yeah? Fine. He's hanging on to the second spot right now. Let's see what he can do with Neil Bonnet. Here's the pace car taking him up into turn number three, and they're about ready to cut him loose with 281 laps on the board of the 328 that make up the distance in the Coca-Cola 500. There's about eight or nine cars right up in the front of the pack that still have a good shot to win it, including Richard Petty and Cale Yarborough and Joe Rutman and young Mark Martin. Field coming down out of the fourth corner. Harold Kinder waves the green, and they waste no time in going at it. Bonnet trying to get away from the field. Bobby Allen right behind him, drafts down into the number one corner. Neil Bonnet's done a good job getting away as he mashes down that right foot and accelerates that Chevrolet sponsored by Hodgson. He's out to a quick lead over Dick Brooks, and they've got Bobby Allison in between those two as Allison in vain tries to get that lead lap back. We saw the leader, Neil Bonnet and Bobby Allison doing some hand signaling there just before the restart, perhaps signaling that they want to hook up and give Bonnet the advantage of Allison's draft. In the second spot, oh, we've got trouble to turn Thor. We've got car spinning and tires have blown directly in front of us. One, two, three cars spinning down off the banking. Smoke everywhere as a huge pileup on the restart has taken out a half dozen cars from this field. Among the cars out of it is number 80 Bob Seneker. Jimmy Means is involved. The rest of the field streaking back around to take the yellow flag. Jim Sauter and Sterling Marlin were two of the first cars in it. 
Marlin's car parked down on the apron, and Jim Sauter's car has come all the way down to turn four before it came to rest. Also, Ken Reagan of Unadilla, Georgia, is down there on the apron. Let's go back to Dave Despain. It started directly beneath our feet here, uh, Mike Joy, as somebody blew a tire. You could hear the, the tire blow. It sounded like a bomb going off right in the middle of the pack as they were coming back up to speed. And once that car spun and got up into the speedy dry up at the top of the racetrack, there was smoke, dust, debris everywhere, and everybody who came along behind simply found themselves with no place to go and couldn't see what was ahead of them. In all, at least five cars got involved and suffered damage. Three of those cars are stopped down in the infield inside turns three and four. Those are the cars of Jim Sauter, along with Jimmy Means and the Bob Seneker machine, all stopped in the infield. That'll be the sixth caution of the afternoon here at Atlanta International Raceway, and it will indeed make it just a dash to the checkered flag for the drivers up front. The action happened well back behind the leaders who had all cleared it. It was some shuffling going on in the middle of the field when that tire let go, and on the restart conditions in close quarters, that's what happened. The team that's been on the money on pit road all day has been Buddy Parrott's team for the Levi Garrett machine of Joe Rutman. Earlier this year, they won the Union 76 Rockingham Pit Crew Championship. Right now, they have a rather healthy lead on Jake Elder, or rather Dale Inman, the Terry Labonte crew running second in the Ingersoll Rand Proto Pit Crew Championship. Points and $2,100 to the winning team this afternoon in that area of the competition. Uh, Dave, it looks like the wreckers, again, if those cars are off in the dirt, may have a bit of a time getting them out, and it may be a lengthy caution. One of those cars, Bob Seneker's machine, has stopped directly where Dave Simcoe got stuck in the mud earlier, and now the ambulance has moved out, and it looks like that's going to be a check on Jimmy Means, who is still in the number 52 machine. The car's uh, all badly battered over here, but two of the three drivers who are still stopped here have gotten out, and the crews are tending to Jimmy Means. But, yeah, there could be a problem getting some of these cars out of the mud, Mike. We'll keep you posted. It is Sterling Marlin rather than the Bob Seneca automobile that is stopped also down there in turn number four. Jim Sauter, Sterling Marlin, and Jimmy Means' cars have come to rest down at the apron of turn number four. Ken Reagan also involved in that spin, but he has come on around the racetrack in the 57 car. So it will be a lengthy caution, but we still have plenty of time to finish this one under green with 284 laps of the 328 that make up the Coca-Cola 500. We're still going to see a dandy finish. I don't think there was any change in the front six or seven positions, although they had just put them back under green. There was some hard scrambling and hard-nosed racing going on, but nobody gained or lost anything just as the caution came back out. Here at Atlanta, we're under the caution for a six-car collision up in turn number three. The ambulance was dispatched for the scene. Let's go to Dave Despain for an update. Just a precaution, they pulled around in front of Jimmy Means' car about the time that Jimmy climbed out. Sterling Marlin was out of his car. Jim Sauter, all the drivers are out of their cars and okay. Well, that attribute, of course, to the NASCAR safety rules and their strict enforcement. That you see the NASCAR inspectors in the garage area measuring the cars with templates and checking carburetor sizes. And, of course, that's only part of their job is to ensure that the cars are legal for competition and that the competition stays equal. Primarily, they're concerned with safety, and NASCAR probably has the best safety record of any sanctioning body in auto racing. And you see the hits that these cars can take and the drivers walk away, and that is certainly a tribute to those cars, the rules, and to the men who build them. 287 laps are completed here at Atlanta. Neil Bonnet just waiting to turn those horses loose and try and run off from the field as first Jeff Bodine and then Richard Petty and then Cale Yarbrough did earlier today. Dick Brooks is the second place car. In third, Mark Martin, a young driver looking for his first Winston Cup victory. Benny Parsons rides fourth. In the fifth spot is Terry Labonte. Sixth, also looking for his first win and the bridesmaid before, that's Joe Rutman. Seventh is Cale Yarbrough. Eighth is Buddy Baker. Uh, running back in the running order as we look down the back straightaway, back along in the ninth spot 
would be or would have been the Richard Petty automobile as he now comes off pit road. He would be in 10th position, the last car on the lead lap. Still under caution here for a report on the cleanup. Let's go over to Dave Despain in three. Things are coming along nicely here. A lot of speedy dry has been laid down. Apparently uh, somebody, I would guess it's water from a radiator uh, as one of those cars took a shot in the front end. Uh, no apparent oil on the racetrack and the speedy dry is being applied down low on the safety apron. But bear in mind that a lot of guys have been running down there keeping a wheel down low so they need to clean that up. One of the cars still up on the hook over here has not been moved away, so we're still several laps away from a restart. Ned, let's talk a little bit about Richard Petty's strategy. Of all the drivers on the lead lap, only Petty came into pit road this time, and he came in for four fresh tires. He'll be starting way at the tail end of the field, however. Will those four fresh Goodyears give him enough of an advantage to get back to the front? Could very well do it, Mike, and it could be that set of tires that we talked about a little bit earlier. They they check out the size of the tires because when they pump them up, they come out a little bit of different size and that's what we talk about is stagger and uh, that has to do with how the size of the tires as they come out and uh, he might have that super set on it right now and he might feel that it gives him that much uh, extra advantage plus the fact that new cool tires always will run faster on a track like this than the heated up tires and of course they didn't run that long since the others changed tires but uh, every few laps count. 40 laps to go here at Atlanta International Raceway in the Coke 500 while we're under caution. We're set to go back to racing here at Atlanta International Raceway as the field is up in turn three in front of Dave Despain. Neil Bonnet at the head of the field, followed closely by Dick Brooks, who's really got a shot at it here today. Young Mark Martin will line up in third spot. Benny Parsons is behind him, and then Terry Labonte with the rest of the field strung out behind, looking for green. Well, who's it going to be? 292 laps are gone, 328. Make up the Coca-Cola 500 pace car. As on pit road, Harold Kinder has the green flag in hand. Good, clean restart coming out of that fourth corner as they wave the flag, and Bonnet comes up through that gearbox in a hurry, and again he gets a jump on the field as they head back to turn one. Neil Bonnet did a great job of anticipating that green flag as he jumps out front. Bobby Allison, who's a lap down right behind him. Dick Brooks, who is currently running second, fighting on the outside to get by Ricky Rudd, a lapped automobile as Mark Martin looks to the inside. This is about as far as they got last time before things went crazy up here in turn three. This time Bonnet leads them in, clean and green. Then it's Allison's last machine, Rudd's lap machine. Dick Brooks hangs on to second spot. Mark Martin is third. Well, they've still got plenty of time to chase him down as Bonnet brings him back into the fourth corner, down to the line. Bobby Allison drafts along right on his tail. That's helping Neil keep away from the rest of the pack. Brooks is going to have to figure out a way to get around that lapped car of Ricky Rudd. They're back in turn one. Neil Bonnet sitting pretty right now with two lapped automobiles separating him and the number two car of Dick Brooks. Now Brooks forces Ricky Rudd up to the outside. He looks to the inside. He opens up the lane and now Benny Parsons is down on the inside, they're three wide. They are four abreast as they come down the backstretch. I'll tell you what, everybody had a notion and Yarborough just about got himself in big trouble on the inside. He gathers it back up again and holds on. It is Parson who pops out free of the traffic. Benny has now gone to third spot, free of lap traffic to chase down the leaders. Brooks is fourth. In the fifth spot is Mark Martin. They're three wide again with Kale on the bottom of the racetrack going to one. A couple of cars, lap automobiles, bottling up the pack. Joe Rutman, Mark Martin trying to get by Ricky Rudd and Ron Bouchard also kill Yarborough, the bounty baker, Teddy looking for running room. Well, there's a lot of desperation back in that pack. They know that the leader, Bonnet, is getting away, and they're just going crazy trying to come out of traffic. Rutman is hanging on to the third spot. Fourth is Martin. Fifth is Yarborough. Sixth is Baker. Seventh is Petty. 32 laps to go. Plenty of time to get it done. Bonnet's the leader. Benny Parsons trying to chase him down. Here he goes underneath Bobby Allison. He needs to get around Allison. He is a lapped car to catch the leader. They're back in one. The school Buick now moving up into the number two spot clear now of any lap traffic.
traffic, and he looks at the Hodgson Chevrolet just five car lengths away. Dick Brooks now is tied up with Bill Rutman. Benny Parsons might be the surprise in this race. The spoiler who has come out of the pack. He's been running fifth, sixth, seventh all day long. Now he's just two car lengths behind Bonham as they hit turn three. Brooks is back in third. Rutman is fourth. Behind them, a tough pack of traffic. Cale Yarbrough is fifth. Back in the sixth spot is Mark Martin trying to fight his way out of the lapped cars. Seventh is Petty. And behind Petty, a gaggle of cars, including Buddy Baker, Terry Labonte, and the lapped cars of Tim Richmond and Harry Gant. The Levi Garrett car now of Joe Rutman working into that number four spot. Right behind him is Cale Yarbrough as they both moved around. Dick Brooks. Now Bobby Allison directly in front of them. And then the two leaders running away right now. Yarbrough really did a job in bullying out of that pack of traffic. And he is now around Rutman. It is Yarbrough on the charge. He has passed Dick Brooks and Joe Rutman. He's into third going after the leaders. And Ned Jarrett, one of the quickest cars is Richard Petty. He's knocked off four positions back in that field trying to catch up to the leaders. Time is a factor for him right now. But he's on the move. Yes, he is, Barney. Those four tires that he ducked in and took on where the rest of them stayed out on the racetrack might be the difference because I believe he might be the fastest car on the racetrack right now. Leaders work out of turn number two, and right now it's Cal Yarbrough clawing his way to the front of the pack. Just ten car lengths now separate those cars. Neil Bonnet's got a mirror full of Benny Parsons as they hit turn three. Parsons goes up on the outside. He looks like he wants to lead this race for the first time today. Well, there's really not much point in racing door-to-door between Neil Bonnet and Benny Parsons there. will try, probably, to link up in a draft and put as much daylight on the rest of the field as they can to settle it among themselves because that door-to-door racing will allow the rest of the field to catch it. But they might do it. They're back in turn two. Well, I don't think that will help right now, Barney, as Cale Yarbrough is rapidly closing in. I don't think anything's going to help, but his bid now to the front of the pack as he's really closing in. Cale's definitely got his foot on the trigger here as he goes after the two leaders. The interval shrinking down to about ten car lengths as they work into three. Rutman is falling arrears in fourth spot, and Brooks is not able to maintain the pace in fifth. Brooks falling back off the pace just a bit. He's ahead of Bobby Allison, and it's a long back gap back to sixth spot Richard Petty. The lead car is just one car length apart. It's Bonnet and Parsons at turn one. Richard Petty and Buddy Baker have hooked up together right now as they try to fight their way back up to the front, but again, it continues the story to be Cale Yarborough as he closes in on Neil Bonnet and Benny Parsons. Yarborough all day today has been able to move through traffic and go to the front, and he's demonstrating it again here in the late lap. This is what it counts, and Yarborough has got his sights dead on the rear deck of Benny Parsons. These fans have jumped up and down, up and down, and you see that at every Winston Cup race wherever we go in the nation. They're doing it right now. Here's Cale. He's going after second spot. Takes a look inside Benny Parsons in turn one. Yarborough continues his mad dash to the front of the pack. He had ideas about going down low, but Bonnet and Parsons handling very well down there, so they close the door. But as they come out of turn number two, again, Yarborough tucked in behind them. Parsons makes a move. Parsons comes out of line. He will perhaps take Yarborough with him. Yarborough comes to the low side. Parsons is around Bonnet, but Yarborough cannot go with him. The new leader is Benny Parsons. Bonnet is second. Yarborough coming up the inside. Here comes Kale on the bottom. Bonnet is going to have to give him running room. It's Parsons out in front. The green and white skull colors is down to the inside. Yarborough puts his nose ahead of Neil Bonnet as they go into one. The school view out front by four car lengths, but now the hardy Chevrolet of Kale Yarborough now is just one car away from going to the top spot and he hunts it down out of turn number two. Benny Parsons leading as they come down the backstretch. The speed's escalating to over 170 miles an hour. It is Parsons, Yarborough, 
and Bonnet in a tight three-car draft. That side-by-side -side racing has enabled Rutman to close up and make it a four-car race. A four-car shootout out of turn number four. Kale has a look inside on Benny Parsons. Nothing there. Moves up to the high side and is content to draft him down the straightaway, hoping the two can get away from Neil Bonnet. Trouble up in turn two in front of Mark Garrow has brought out the seventh caution of the day. Bobby Allison, it all started with Bobby Allison. His car suddenly went off the pace like something went amiss in his motor. He climbed up to the high side to get away from the groove if he was dropping down any oil. It didn't look like he was. Then all of a sudden, action behind them as first Ron Bouchard took the Race Hill Farms Buick around, and then quickly behind him went a couple of cars, one Eddie Bershwell, along with Daryl Sage, the teenager from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. They went about, went around. The only car to make contact with the wall was Bershwell of San Antonio, Texas, in the Indian Hill Park Buick. He is now currently on the apron just at the exit of turn number two. Some severe damage to the inside of that automobile on the front end. He is definitely out of the race. Bouchard and Sage went away under their own power. Among the contenders, Richard Petty, Joe Rutman and Neil Bonnet are on pit road. Here comes Bouchard. That car looked not to be damaged. They'll get him back in the action. Dick Brooks is on pit road, also among the cars on the lead lap. We'll go back to green this time around. And Dave Despain, from what we've seen here this afternoon, if you had to pick who, who really had the best shot at winning this one, there's just no way to tell. Well, that's a fact. I've been impressed with Cale Yarborough from the start uh, because of his ability to come through traffic and his ability to run anywhere on the racetrack. But it's very, very difficult to predict. So many guys have been able to go to the front. We're going to know the answer in about uh, 20 more laps field up in turn four. Pace car is already coming off the banking down on the pit road and they'll go back to green in a hurry this time. Harold Kinder with a green in hand gets ready to send him down to the checkered flag and let's hope we can run the rest of the distance caution free this afternoon. Green flag waves and here we go down to the marbles. Parsons is in front. Kale rides second. Baker is third as they head for turn one. The veteran Parsons did a good job on that green flag as he quickly worked through the gearbox and gets up to speed. A car length separates him from Kale Yarborough and then with a lap car in between them is Buddy Baker and Terry Labonte working on the outside. Baker didn't get much of a restart. Here comes Kale to the inside on Neil Bonnet. He's going to try the move going into three. He's not wasting any time. Check that on uh, Parsons, rather. Parsons holds off the charge as the Hardy's machine holds on to second spot. Buddy Baker is coming in a hurry also, but here comes the battle for the lead off the fourth quarter. It's Yarbrough down to the inside of Parsons. They come across the line in a drag race, still door to door back in turn one. Yarbrough has the advantage right now. Parsons trying to fight back on the outside, waging a losing battle now. Yarbrough takes over the lead. Parsons is second, and Buddy Baker is really coming in a hurry. Baker romping and stomping in third spot is setting his sights on Benny Parsons. The leader is Yarbrough as they hit the 27-degree banks of turn three. Yarbrough then Parsons five lengths back to Baker, and then a big separation back to Terry Labonte, who has Neil Bonnet in tow. Parsons did the one thing he couldn't afford to do. He left the bottom of the turn open for Cale Yarborough. Cale took it, and the lead. Baker holds third. Fourth is Bonnet. He's battling with Terry Labonte, Joe Rutman, and Dick Brooks. Parsons doesn't give up right now, though, as he pulls up tight, and really, that's where the hot spot you just mentioned, Mike Joy, in that battle for the fourth spot is Richmond now tucked in behind Bonnet, and Rutman and Labonte. Down the back stretch they come, and Yarborough Yarborough definitely has the bit in his teeth. He's opened up a couple of lengths over Parsons. Baker continuing to close from third spot and desperately trying to scramble around the lapped automobile of Harry Gantis, Neil Bonnet. Field out of the fourth corner. Yarborough brings him back down to the line. Parsons, three car lengths back, about six or eight more, back to Buddy Baker as they try to run nose to tail, maybe put some separation on the rest of the field at least 
have a shot at settling it among the three cars, but Neil Bonnet is coming in a hurry. They're in turn two. Bonnet now has broken free of Tim Richmond. Now just the leader set are up ahead of him. Buddy Baker about 10 car lengths away. Then, of course, Benny Parsons in the leader, Cale Yarborough. Parsons hanging on tenaciously to Yarborough. Baker not able to close it up anymore. He is perhaps 15 to 20 car lengths back. And then Bonnet closing from fourth. Out of turn four and back to the start-finish line. Labonte and Petty mixing it up. That's back about seventh spot, letting the leaders streak away. Front three cars have a good separation on the field. That battle is back at sixth. It's Labonte, Brooks, and Petty. Right now they work up here in the 27-degree banking. Labonte with the edge, but right there is Dick Brooks on the inside. Petty gets a little bit loose, but he continues to be glued to the back bumper of the T-Bird of Brooks. Richard Petty led a lot of laps early in this race, but now he is stuck in traffic back there as Yarborough stretches it out up front. Richard back in seventh spot. With 10 laps to go, here's the situation in Atlanta. Cale Yarborough is the leader. Benny Parsons is about 8 to 10 car lengths behind him. Then it's about a second and a half back to the third place car of Neil Bonnet and Buddy Baker and Joe Rutman. They ride third, fourth, and fifth. They're trying to chase down Cale, but he has looked awfully strong all day. He continues to just inch ahead of Benny Parsons just a little bit every time around. He's not gaining all that much, but Parsons isn't picking up any ground on him either. Here they come back to the line. Cale still in front. Parsons second. Third is Bonnet, fourth, Baker, fifth right now is Rutman. Sixth position belongs to Richard Petty. He's about seven seconds behind the leader there in turn two. The Hardy Chevrolet trying to run away and hide as the Skull Buick of Benny Parsons tries to hold on. Some smoke now to the fifth place car of Joe Rutman. Parsons cannot hold on to Cale Yarborough, and that may be the factor. Yarborough may be able to run away with this one, but Bonnet has been able to get around Baker, and looks like he may have a shot here. They are hooked up in a tight three-car draft for third. He is not picking up any ground, though. Bonnet is in that tight draft and not able to scramble away. Parsons holding his own in a comfortable second. Bonnet with Buddy Baker locked right on his bumper and Joe Rutman with him. That is third, fourth, and fifth. Cale Yarborough working up in turn number two using a different line. As the race has wore on, he has crept up a little bit higher in the track, so now he's midway in the turn as he continues to pull away. One of the best super speedway drivers in the business, Cale Yarborough is also one of the most tenacious stock car drivers ever, and witness the fact that he didn't qualify well here, but they've stayed after it, and they've really got a combination now. Cale Yarborough has really hit the nail on the head that whatever they did on that last pit stop and the adjustments they've made today has kept the car dialed into the racetrack. He has gotten better instead of worse early this afternoon and even from the beginning he was strong but every time they've made a pit stop he's come out and run even better right now Benny Parsons can only just ride along in that second spot and watch Cale pull away by about a car length each time around but Parsons has another concern right behind him is Neil Bonnet and he is coming up on Benny in a hurry for the number two position in turn three we checked that interval at two and a half seconds from the leader back to the third place car Bonnet has indeed broken the draft on Baker he wants to go after the leader out of turn number four, back to the stripe again. Yarborough, six laps to go. Parsons, and then Neil Bonnet ever closing. He is gaining on Parsons, and at this rate, will catch him in another two or three laps. Again now, Bonnet working the middle groove out of turn number two, rapidly closing in on Benny Parsons. It looks like the handle has gone away a little bit. Now the engine erupts on the school Buick of Benny Parsons down the back straightaway. He's out of it. Parsons pulling down to the low side. That's going to open the door for Bonnet if we stay green. The engine is blown on Benny Parsons' car. He's down on the apron and out of the hunt. Parsons takes it all the way down to the grass to keep anything that might be coming out of the car from dropping on the speedway, and there is no caution on the track. Apparently it is clean as Parsons gets in on the apron of the track and the leaders come down to the line and head back for turns one and two. Yarborough now working around some lap traffic and Ronnie Thomas. 
Bonnet is second. He's a long way away. It's obviously Yarborough's race to win or lose. Terrible disappointment for Benny Parsons, who ran so strong all day. Yarborough coming past our position here at turn three, and we check the interval for second place. It is 2.06 seconds. Back to Neil Bonnet. Well, they voted the Goodies Headache Award too early. Benny Parsons now would be a unanimous choice. As Yarborough comes across the start finish, they are three wide in turn four. Mark Martin, Terry Labonte, and Dick Brooks will be shooting it out for what is now going to be sixth. Make that fifth position as they come to the stripe. Brooks on the outside of Mark Martin. That's the battle on the racetrack. Brooks with a half a car length lead, riding up on the high side, but Martin comes in on the inside. They nearly touch up in turn number two. As a matter of fact, they just might have as Martin now gains the advantage on the inside, but Brooks comes fighting back on the outside as they slice down the back chute. They've driven great races here today. Brooks and Martin both at the front of the field all day long, and now it is Brooks holding off Martin with Labonte in tow in the race for six, seventh, and eighth. Brooks hanging on to the sixth spot, and the crowd doesn't know what to watch. That battle for sixth, seventh, and eighth position, or the battle for the lead in which Neil Bonnet is trying to chase down Cale Yarborough. The battle for the lead goes back to the number one turn. Yarborough going by looking stronger than ever. Bonnet doesn't seem to be closing right now, and Baker now seems to be closing ever so slightly on Bonnet. Looks like Neil's going to run out of laps here. Cale is so solid as he comes into the turn three banking. The interval holding at 210. No gain for Neil Bonnet. Out of the corner, Cale brings them back down to the line as the laps wind down. We're showing 326 complete as they cross the line this time and head back to the number one turn. Just two laps to go. Make that three as they scoot off into the number one corner. The interval just about the same for Neil Bonnet. He isn't losing anything, but he's not gaining much. Well, he certainly won't have enough time as Yarborough continues to look strong. He has obviously been the most consistent man all day, and he will be rewarded with that for that in just a few laps. Yarborough listening to the sounds of that engine now. That's the key issue here. Will he stay strong down to the finish line. He can hold off Bonnet if he doesn't blow up. Bonnet keeping both feet on the accelerator pedal. He is gaining ground, but slowly. Harold Kinder raises the white flag and waves it on the orange and white. Hardy Chevrolet for Cale Yarborough. Bonnet across the stripe. They're in turn one. Yarborough, for the final time, slices through turns one and two, roaring out of here at better than 160 miles an hour, well in front of Neil Bonnet. And, of course, Buddy Baker and Joe Rutman and Richard Fetting. Down the back stretch for the final time. Cale Yarborough looking for victory in the Coca-Cola 500. Hooks it into the 27-degree bank. Neil Bonnet back there in the mirror, but he is home free. Yarbrough up into the number four corner. Bonnet gives it everything he's got. He's closed it down to about a second, and that's the best he's going to be able to do. Here's Kale across the line. Checkered flag, and Yarbrough wins the Coca-Cola 500. Bonnet will finish second. Baker will finish third. Rutman will finish fourth. Richard Petty fifth. That battle for six spots coming out of the corner and down to the line, and it will be Dick Brooks finishing in the sixth position. Seventh should be Mark Martin. Eighth will go to Terry Labonte. Ninth, Tim Richmond, a lap down. Tenth, two laps down to Ricky Rudd, just ahead of Harry Gant, according to the unofficial rundown. We'll be going to Victory Lane in a moment. Back at the Atlanta International Raceway, Cale Yarborough just rolls into Victory Lane after beating Neil Bonnet at the line by just about a full second as the field was set up for a seven or eight car shootout for the run. We had all kinds of things happen in the last 20 and 30 laps with two cautions coming out in a row. Different pit strategy going on. Some drivers ducking in just to change two tires, four tires, hoping it would pay off. But in the end, it was Cale Yarborough. And it was a good battle all the way through that last lap. As you said, Barney, you didn't know where to watch the race for the lead or that battle back at sixth spot that was decided among three cars in favor of Dick Brooks. In the battle on pit road, the Ingersoll Rand Proto Pit Crew Championship, 
Joe Rutman's team, headed by crew chief Buddy Parrott. The Levi Garrett crew for the Ron Benfield Racing Organization will take home the $2,100. Dale Inman's Budweiser crew for Terry Levante finished second. And Leonard Wood's Valvoline crew for driver Buddy Baker will wind up third. Let's pull around the racetrack, the balloting for the Timex Timeliest Move of the Race Award. For nominations, let's go first to Mark Garrow. Well, Mike, the driver who I'm going to pick made a lot of moves today, so I can't really pick out one certain move, but I've got to go with the winner of today's race, Cale Yarborough, because many times today he put his car in no, mare, no man's land because he was there with the home of the brave uh, on many occasions through the lap traffic, especially early on in the race, so my vote goes to winner Cale Yarborough. Dave Despain up in turn three. I got to make a call for Dave Simcoe because that move that he made when he crashed down here or spun down here could have made a big factor in the race. He was in the middle of a lot of traffic, spun down off the racetrack, through the grass, looked like he was coming right back up to the wall, kept it under control in the mud. He didn't get much else out of today's race. I think he gets one vote for that anyway. Well, we'll put our two cents uh, worth in in a couple of minutes right now. Let's go to Ned Jarrett and Victory Lane. Well, Kale Yarbrough is uh, coming out of that hardest uh, Chevrolet, and while we get to him, Betty Jo, his wife, is here. And Betty Jo, you just told me this is a very special day. Yes, today is Kale's birthday. Sunday is Kelly, our daughter's birthday, and the next week is our anniversary, 23 years. Well, I'll tell you, that's quite a prize that he has given to his family here, so we'll get over to Kale now as he gets ready to come out of this hardest orange and white car. The, only, the first driver of 1983 to win two NASCAR Winston Cup races. Kale, congratulations. Well, thank you, Ned. Uh, everything went real good for us today, and just want to thank the Lord for a good, safe race. And, you know, we uh, we started kind of far back in the pack, but Waddell and these boys, they're the best in the business, and they brought me right on through, so here we are. You did start far back in the pack. One of the few times in your career that you didn't make the qualifying lineup the first day. Well, it just goes to show you, it doesn't matter where you start, to where you finish. There was a lot of trouble out there towards the end, but you seemed to be away from it. Well, yeah, Ned, uh, we pretty much stayed away the last uh, 18, 20 laps there. I knew I had my work cut out for me, so... I just ran as hard as I could and put as much distance between myself and them as I could and paid off. Well, I know that you and Neil Bonnet, uh, after that wreck a couple of weeks ago at Rockingham, it makes you feel good perhaps to beat him. Well, it does, and uh, I could see Neil coming, but uh, and I, the only thing I was thinking about was I'm not going to let him get that close again. He might get a little close, but not close enough. Okay, he didn't get close enough, and here's Kale Yarber and Victor Lane. Ned, we'll go back to you for a second, see if you've got a nomination for the Timex Timeless Move of the Race Award. Well, Mike, I've been so wrapped up here in Victor Lane, I've honestly hardly had time to uh, to think about it. But I'm going to go along with Dave Despain on uh, Dave Simcoe over there. You know, he's a fellow that's that's trying hard in this uh, division right now, and I know that he could use the money. Barney? I think, you know, from here it looked like he came down on the apron of the track, and if indeed he did, as Dave Despain said, uh, had poise enough to try and keep the car from spinning back up into the racetrack, knowing that he could take out some of the top contenders and cost somebody else a lot of finishing positions. I'll have to vote for Simcoe also. I'll go ahead, and I think the $300 from Timex will be a good boost for his Winston Cup chances in the rest of the 1983 season. Let's go to the garage and Jerry Punch. Well, we caught up with Neil Bonnet. Neil, you might have been the quickest car of the race here in the last few laps of the race. Uh, congratulations on a good run. Well, Jerry, I tell you what, the Raymont guys have done a heck of a job with this car, and as good as Kale run today, you know, it seemed like if he was out front or I was out front, we could run there and stay, but uh, Kale ran one heck of a race. Looked like you probably were the quickest car there at the end of the race, uh, but maybe you ran out of time. Well, we stopped put on tires on that last stop. It, we was due to stop. We got one sequence off on pit stops. We had to stop and put tires on. The car was real fast, but it just uh, I was a little bit too far behind him to catch him. Well, those are the comments from Neil Bonnet. 
Well, of course, Cale winning the race. Neil Bonnet finishing second, third, going to Buddy Baker, fourth to Joe Rutman, fifth to Richard Petty, sixth to Dick Brooks, seventh position to Mark Martin, eighth going to Terry Labonte, the ninth spot to Tim Richmond, finishing tenth, Ricky Rudd, eleventh to Harry Gant, finishing in twelfth position, Ron Bouchard, thirteenth to Dave Marcus, fourteenth to Benny Parsons, fifteenth to Lake Speed, sixteenth to Buddy Arrington, in seventeenth position, that going to Jody Ridley, a good run for Jody here today, they're trying to get that team turned around, finishing in eighteenth position, Bobby Walwack, finishing nineteenth, is Bobby Hillen Jr. finishing in 20th position would be Darrell Sage 21st going to the car number 26 of Ronnie Hopkins the young rookie driver 22nd to H.B. Bailey of Houston Texas 23rd to Tommy Gale 24th going to Ronnie Thomas 25th to Bobby Allison 26th to Eddie Beerswale of San Antonio Texas finishing 27th would be car number 57 of Ken Reagan finishing 28th Bob Seneker 29th position going to Jim Sauter, 30th spot, to Sterling Marlin, finishing 31st, Jimmy Means, 32nd, Bill Elliott, 33rd, Dale Earnhardt, finishing in 34th spot, Slick Johnson, 35th position, going to the seventh car of Kyle Petty, and finishing in 36th spot, J.D. McDuffie, who started that car, 37th, going to David Simcoe, who spun off in the mud, 38th position, to A.J. Foyt, 39th. To the 24 car of Jimmy Vandiver, finishing in 40th position, Darrell Waltrip, and 41st spot going to Jeff Bodine. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.